Welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. As per usual, I am Kevin. And I am Daniel. And this, somehow, is episode 10. The glorious 10th anniversary episode. The, <laughs> I don't think that's what anniversary means, but I like it. Um, how did we get to 10? How did we not just give up around 6? Like, I don't know. Like it, I wanted to. It was you, a lot of you banging on my door and dancing in my door for and being like, let's record an episode, let's record an episode. That's not, that's more or less accurate. Yeah. That's more or less accurate. Um, that's how we did it. I feel like we should have done something special, but knowing us, we're not going to do anything special. We don't even do anything special for our birthdays, except for maybe get hibachi. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? that's special. Yeah, I know. We're, we're old. <laughs> <laughs> we'll even sit at the grill top. That's how special it is like to it. us. Um, actually, there is something special that occurred. Uh, today's episode is sponsored by none other than the Dinosaur Trio. <laughs> Which is a collection of packaged Beanie Babies that Daniel <laughs> decided to take out of his closet. I've known this man. For, I've lived with this man for six years straight. And not once did I know that he had, what, a, a dozen? A dozen Beanie Babies? In packages? Don't sell it short. It's like two dozen. <laughs> it's a lot. They're all packaged. We have we okay, and there's they have like international themes. Yeah, we have Ozito the bear. Yeah, representing uh, Mexico, <laughs> Mexico. We have uh, maple, maple representing Canada, a Canadian, the Great North. Uh, there's Glory the bear, which, <laughs> as you can imagine, is uh, America. Uh, who you had another international one that was pretty fun. I had them all. You had them all. Yeah. And the funny thing is... Well, how did this start? Because I didn't oh, I didn't just pull these out of nowhere. No, you didn't. It okay. wasn't just like, hey, man, let me see your beanie baby. I mean, I was obviously <laughs> bearing this this collection for a reason. I just... I don't know what reason that is. It yeah. brought me nothing but joy. Yeah. Um, Well, me and my girlfriend, Morgan, we were talking about... Uh, <laughs> she was talking about how she had, her family used to collect Beanie Babies, and like, yeah, it was a craze. I remember it. Like, even my sister got into it, and yeah. everyone was kind of slipping into your ear that, oh, these are going to be worth something. And she, she explained that, I think it was the TY Corporation, mm. the company that made these little bastards, uh, was going out of business. And <laughs> how the conversation started. Well, anyway, TY was going out of business, and the funny part is everyone started buying up their Beanie Babies like they were fucking collectibles. They were going to be worth something, and suddenly TY's not going out of business, and then they all became goddamn worthless. Mm. Like, we looked online. Your collections are worthless. Yeah, <clears throat> basically. But the conversation started because Morgan was like, yeah, I remember they made a commemorative Beanie Baby for when uh, Queen Elizabeth was run over by a car. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was like... I had to stop, and I was like, wait a second. Am I living in a Black Mirror episode? Like, what, what is this alternate history? And we we worked our way back to where it turned into Princess Di yeah. in a car crash Fuck. instead of Queen Elizabeth. Mowed over by <laughs> That's only like two degrees of separation. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm just like, what Beanie Baby do you do then? <laughs> is there just tire marks on this fucking Queen Elizabeth? Like a white one with black trim. <laughs> Uh, and then the darkness continued where you went into your closet and you brought out this entire fucking collection. Because it re it recalled the fact that yeah. I, I had the Princess Diana, the velvety special right. collector's one, and I had an extensive collection from ages like 10 to like 13, 14. And it all started when I came down to Florida. My family was really into it and I kind of got swept into the craze as well. But this collection that I unearthed, this wasn't one that I was like actively collecting. This is one that like... 
I had that I kind of just inherited from my mom. Like, she would collect stuff and think, like, oh, yeah, this shit's going to be worth something one day. Like, I have a bunch of, like, Beanie Babies. I have a bunch of, like, Russian coins that she was collecting. So, Russian coins? <laughs> yeah, Russian currency. And, Yo, whoa, and whoa. And I, I, this is, like, a topic for an entire so, episode where it's, like, what does he have in his closet? Like, you have a fucking antiques road show. I really do. I could fucking sit up a lot. Oh my God. You so, mean, do you have any toys? Do you have, like, G.I. Joes? Do you have, uh... I mean, I, I have, I think, Beast Wars toys. You have some Beast Wars toys? Yeah, yeah I do. My dude. I have the, uh, the Megatron, that's the T-Rex. Oh, get the fuck out of here, you have the Megatron. <laughs> that too is so good. It's the best one. Oh my god. Inarguably. Yeah. The best one. Oh my god. Daniel, what have you been doing with your time besides showing me your, uh, your PDF collection? <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, by the way, by the way, the dinosaur trio is overlooking uh, on a shelf. We decided to put them up immediately. So, it is Rex, Rex the T-Rex. Bronte the Brontosaurus. Uh-huh. And Steg. And st- no, it's Steggy. Oh, Steggy. Steggy. And they all have a little story. They do. A little rhyme on them. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to read one of them real quick. Oh, my quick. God. Before we get We're in. bringing down one. Which one do you want? Today is blessed. Uh, Steggy had a good one. Okay, we're going to get Steggy had a great one. Oh, fuck. Rex Steggy. fell. Rex this fell. Is, okay, and mind you, these are um these yeah. are the collectibles that you could get from McDonald's. They had the package ones that you can get at Happy Meals, and then like the, the premium okay. ones that you could buy. Um, I didn't know. So stores would set these aside. But one day, Steg wanted something to eat. Wanted it quickly and wanted it sweet. Lucky for him, he found something handy. A big, huge pile of prehistoric rock candy. Oh, my God. That's our Steg. I'm so happy for you, Steg. I'll put him down right there. And the funny thing is they all look like amorphous blobs. <laughs> they, they don't, don't look like all. dinosaurs. <laughs> no. But, no, from McDonald's. Was it McDonald's? McDonald's had the, uh, the gold carrot Pokemon cards that came in, like, the, um, the actual Pokeball that, like... Those are actually worth something, yeah. funny enough. Those those held some sort of value. Because, you know, they weren't flooded every fucking where. Yeah. I, I had the Pikachu. I don't know where the fuck that some bitch went. I probably have it in my closet. Okay. Yeah, you probably got <laughs> You got like a portal into the 90s. <laughs> um, so what, well, what have I been doing? What have you been playing? Um, I had been going pretty hard on Tomb Raider. Um, yeah. Was really stoked to keep going with it. I told you I was going to beat it uh, within the week, our last podcast. Yeah, I heard I, I remember it. hearing that. I picked I it up remember. once, and I basically did it. To you just, didn't do that. I finished the Baba Yaga DLC, Okay, which is cool. It was weird. Yeah, it was very weird. It was just like super trippy. House with legs running around. Yeah, I. Mm. you don't get too many boss fights in those sort of games, so to have like a weird yeah. like boss fight that involved puzzles and platforming, it was cool, but it went on for like 20 minutes too long. I remember that was it, it, it was, was a little long. I was like, fight where does ways. where does this end? Yeah, but no, it, it was cool. It was a, a fun little um, beaten path uh, mission. And now, hey, Ashley Birch and her grandfather they're they're happy together. That's good. I'm I'm really glad for <laughs> the Birch homestead. <laughs> so I was doing a bit of that, but then I got back into Overwatch because they did the big patch. Um, got back into Overwatch like you, <laughs> ever, like ever, you ever got out. <laughs> You know, like you ever left this prison cell yeah. uh, of Blizzard's making? <laughs> well, they they came out with arcade mode and and uh, and Sombra. Sombra, and there we go. Stuff. That's what I was looking for. That's what I was looking for. She's so, fun. She no, she's a lot of fun. She's neat. Uh, like I've been like, saying, she's like a very tech heavy mm-hmm. offensive character. That I use her very situationally, like I would Symmetra. Like I'm not going to put her on every every sort of map. Um, but that she's doesn't fun. stop people from like choosing her every match. Yeah. Now. Like, I, I can't wait for that to, like, wear out, you know? 
I remember when Anna came out, it was like, okay, I don't think we need an Anna. We have three healers. <laughs> All right, you're going to be Anna. We have three healers and uh, we have three snipers already, but okay, cool. All right, you do you. Uh, <laughs> I- I'm glad they they changed Quick Play to have no hero stacking because that would be miserable. Just like six Sombras. <laughs> I know, and I remember some people were upset about this, and I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> you're no, fucking she, ruining Quick Play. She changes the landscape of the game. Like, you couldn't have a Quick Play mode with that. Probably not. Yeah, just Probably not. The balancing is really, like, weird with her sometimes. So, um, um, she's cool. Been having fun with her. Uh, I've mainly been putting a lot of time in arcade mode. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I like the, the fact that you can get extra, like, loot boxes now for just winning. Like, not even, like, getting X amount of experience, or just, like, winning a match. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you, like, win three matches, you get a loot box, and you have to win I three I played more. a few. So. Uh, I got some loot boxes, and, you know, as we talked about in our Blizzard blowout episode, um, got fucking like three duplicates oh, yeah. in like one loot box Damn. and i'm like what the fuck are you doing guys you, you it's like you heard me you heard my criticisms and they're like yeah make sure he gets duplicates for the rest of the, <laughs> the season he's got it and goddamn, this season has lasted for like three years it's it's so long it's been like three months and i the, the next one starts in like a week how like it, they're all just right, gonna start right. it right away i don't understand how like, give it give it time to breathe yeah, but I, I don't know. I'm cool with the support they've done, and I love the one versus one mode. I think it's a lot of fun. It's cool to to be humbled in a way where you're like, yeah, I'm fucking awesome when I can support a team. But then when it's you and some other dude, like like Zarya on Zarya, it's like, oh, huh, not as good without my posse. Like, sorry to hear it. But no, I've still been able to like take some people down here and there. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah, I was watching. I was spectating. You know, I was like, all right, let me let me uh, watch. From over his shoulder, and, uh, <laughs> stroke it slowly. So and, uh, you know, you gave me a lot of material. I did. I like that. I got to play the game with Fair, and I, I saluted uh, the person that I murdered. Yeah, was in cold missile. That was that was just rude. <laughs> <laughs> Who salutes their kill? <laughs> oh my god, God, viciousness, viciousness, yeah. sir. So that's what I've been up to. What are you? What are you been playing? Ah, uh, just nothing. Just you know, just fucking touching myself. You know, mm. just that's uh, general. Uh, I, I would go to bed with a dinosaur trio. Uh, have most have nights. you? Uh, yeah. It's been two nights and I haven't seen them move. Huh. Save for Steggy joining us on the table. <laughs> it's true. They haven't been touched. <laughs> In their dusty alcove up there. Yeah, I've been playing uh, Watch Dogs 2, Ooh. The Deuce. Um, it is a vast improvement over the first game. Yeah. Like, it's one of those sequels that does a great job of identifying what didn't work the first time around mm-hmm. and just trying to nail those down here and there. Because, like, you know, it's it's very reminiscent to a lot of the conceits that the first game laid out. You're, you're going through the city, you're hacking shit, you're trying to fight this big corporation that is usurping uh, individual rights in order to sell your information mm-hmm. to other companies. Uh, and the tone is way different. I like it. I like the tone a lot. It's lighter. Uh, the characters are more fun. You're you're with this hacktivist group. They all have their own distinct characterizations, and you go through like a bunch of missions with them, and you get a sense for who they are, and th- that's fucking neat. Yeah. And the main character, uh, Marcus Holloway, he's a good main character. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's a charming dude. He's funny. He's you know, um, you're rooting for him. That's a big thing. You're rooting for him. The first game, Aiden Pierce, you're just like I don't know what the fuck you're about, man. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you take out a baton and start beating civilians. <laughs> I I don't know where you're really going with this. Um, but yeah, the hacking was like definitely, definitely uh, bolstered from what it was in the first game where you can do like when you actually click on the icon to like hack on certain things, you're given like this kind of rotational, um, 
face button things that you can do like you know at, like if you're hacking a car you can make it go forward you can make it go right you can make okay. it go left before it was just like just kind of one contextual button and it's like ah okay I, mm. I turned a traffic light red <laughs> instead of green like that's all you could really do okay. missions are cool I think it's commentary it's pretty funny it's satire it's pretty on point um, I don't think it's as overwrought as what like Grand Theft Auto would do because mm-hmm. like GTA 5 I was just like this is like a satire of satire like yeah. it's too much. Like it's a parody of itself, and it doesn't realize it is. Like it's it's just gotten too big, you know. It, it, it's fucking like cannibalizing itself as when it comes to its own narrative and, mm. and a lot of its. Um, I guess it's it's commentary that it's trying to make. Where I'm like, no, Watch Dogs goes back to like, all right, let's focus on like tech America. Let's fucking you know uh, get the Silicon Valley guys to uh, let's go after their throat mm. this time. And it, it's it's a good move. It's That's a fun game. Like if you would have told me that like Watch Dogs would have died off with the first game. Like, I would have been like, yeah, that's fine. Mm. Like, there wasn't much there to really work with. Yeah. And then after part two, I'm like, oh, hell no. Keep on going. Keep on going with fucking Watch Dogs. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if it pulls an Assassin's Creed and people are just kind of like, well, we want more Marcus. Mm -hmm. And, like, from here on out, it's like Ezio. We keep on seeing Marcus. And Aiden Pierce gets fucking thrown in a ditch or something. That'd be cool. Yeah. Until somebody else gets introduced. Yeah, exactly. It's it's good fun. It is. It is actually one of the most surprising uh, games this year because I expected... Basically nothing from it. Yeah, I saw initial trailer and it's like, oh, it looks fucking cool, but that's about it. I, mean, I didn't expect anything. All from the trailers either. for the original Watch Dogs look pretty fucking cool. True. And then you get your hands on it, and it's boring as <laughs> shit. But uh, you know, it, it just had things stacked against it. San Francisco is a much more dynamic setting for a game than I think than dreary Chicago. And you know, this is someone who's been to both in real life, and I'm just like, nah, don't put a game in Chicago. Mm. This is not a game. This is a fight for survival. <laughs> right. It's a fight against the elements. And you're saying that city is very well fleshed out too. It's not necessarily like a two scale, but it no. captures the essence of like intersections in certain areas. Exactly. Like it's it's more of this kind of uh broad stroke of what San Francisco is, you know, obviously it they, they, they do a good job of like, all right, this has the feel of San Francisco. I'm looking at a building that could be in San Francisco, you know, and maybe it's just a representation. But sometimes you actually, you know, uh, the stadium that's out there in downtown, mm. in the game, the actual Ubisoft offices are there. And oh, I remember, cool. I'm like running around, I'm like, I've been here in real life. And I was just like, yep, that's basically it. It has this confusing backlot area mm-hmm. and all that shit. But it's good. You know, it, the gameplay is really solid. Parkour is really cool in the game, if, if a little simple and all that shit, but it is so much better. And it straight embarrasses Mafia 3. Ooh. I'm going to say that right now. I th- again, a Mafia 3, immaculate fucking story, really well done uh, characterizations. Uh, it's just the gameplay is just not there. It's, and it's glitchy as hell. Been done. It's got to return to hit the <laughs> table. Fuck. Mm, these knuckles need to bleed. Well, yeah, I, see, I, I see you having fun with it. I hear yeah. you laughing at like one in the morning as you're fucking sailing across the ocean in your sailboat that you somehow got. I to. did a sailboat race last <laughs> night. It was ridiculous, and they play like this fucking funky '80s music. <laughs> going, it's so good. The, the game fucking references makes all these pop culture references because you're playing as millennials, dude. yeah, and they're like they're referencing Jurassic Park. They're having a discussion who would win, aliens or predators <laughs> and shit. Uh, they reference Short Circuit 2 out of nowhere and one of like the best moments in the game. It's so fucking good. Nice. Like I'm, I'm surprised by this game. Very much surprised. And it's not even like the combat. It's not like straight gun combat, right? No, and that's the one thing that people have been kind of um, uh, shoveling some criticisms toward where mm-hmm. like they said the tone is uneven because it's like you have this very almost positive outlook on the game. Like it, it's a rebellion against 
you know, big brother. Yeah. And you have characters that are just trying to help people. And then suddenly you can 3D print a fucking shotgun and go blast gang members' like faces off. Oh, shit. And it doesn't fit right. Yeah. And you can go through missions trying to use just your gadgets. You got this fucking RC copter. You got an RC car as well. And you can infiltrate places. And you can even, you can do an entire mission just like that. Huh. It's harder to do. Yeah. Way harder to do to like kind of organize like a, you know, there'll be like a uh, fucking circuit breaker on the wall. And you attract an enemy toward it. And then you shock them. And then they're asleep for a little bit. Hmm. And then you try to like figure out how to move around from there. And it is way easier to just sneak up on a dude, choke him out, or shoot him in the goddamn face and make sure he's permanently out than having to worry about him being asleep for, like, maybe 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, so the game, especially toward the latter latter part of the game where there's a lot more of these infiltration missions, it has me just thinking, like, fuck, it's so much easier if I just started gunning people down, but it just, it's not true to the character. I almost, yeah. I almost feel like, and a lot of people have said this before, that they should have just made it a no-kill game. Gone with the non-lethal the entire way, where you just had to use your wits. Uh, and I don't think people would have had a problem with it, because the yeah. open-world element's still there just as it is. Why do you need to shoot at things? And I think it's just, it's living in GTA shadow that has caused this, where it's like, if I sat a developer down and just literally was like, why the fuck do you need guns in this game? And their response would be, because Grand Theft Auto lets you gun civilians down. It's not a good enough reason. I am just like, no, because, yeah, everyone's trying to hit that same checklist of what Grant the Thought is. It's like, just let them do what the fuck they're doing. What you had going was really good. Just focus on this. The the hacker core group using your hacking abilities to get through missions. Just do that, man. That's all you need to do. So I I, I wouldn't be surprised in part three if they take that to heart, too. (laughs) Where they're just like, well, you know, guns only make sense in, like, a few instances in this game. Okay. So maybe we just push it into the periphery. I think that's a smart way to go. But we'll see. I'm, I'm like, I'm nearing the end with it. I think I got like 63% of the trophies. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> but it's good times. Daniel, hmm. should we move on to our news? Let's do it. Let's get all headlines. That's one of your Google first. Oh, uh, yeah. No, you need it for sure. Because we, we got a lot of things to work through here. Mm. A lot of this is from last week, guys. We were recording on a very beautiful Monday. Monday. Um,. In what is oddly like one of the coldest days that this year has seen. Well, last night was like especially cold. Yeah, it was very cold. Yeah, but for Florida, like it, get, it going down to 49 is like, you know, fucking summer for a lot of our compatriots in the north and whatnot. <laughs> I, but still. I, know, I know it's cold because I won't even be outside, but if I'm working at Starbucks and I notice like people coming in in droves for fucking just hot chocolate, I'm like, oh God, it's got to be like 50 degrees out. Yeah. <laughs> and and, like, and oh, it was, yeah. <laughs> the zombies are descending. All right, so this one, I want to get into it a little bit, but here is article number one, my good friend, my bearded friend. Steggy, give me strength. Nintendo released their miniature throwback to 1983 last week, the NES Classic Edition, and people are already struggling to find the console in stores. Several retailers, the likes of Walmart and GameStop, are already out of stock. The Save Room staff, say hello, uh, Save Room staff. Hello. Hello. Have heard reports that locations were allocated as few as two or three units. Nintendo of America took to Twitter to temper fan vitriol, saying, quote, NES uh, Classic Edition system is a hot item, and we are working hard to keep up with consumer demand, and that there would be a steady flow of additional systems through the holiday shopping season and into the new year. Within the same Twitter thread, fans bemoaned Nintendo's perceived practice of creating artificial demand for the console. Currently, resellers are having a field day, 
on sites like eBay, marking up the Mini way beyond its $60 suggested retail price. Did you try to get one? No. No, you didn't, you didn't give a shit? I, I didn't give a shit at all, because like okay. a lot of the games that I have that I wanted from it, I have on my um, my Nintendo Marketplace. Okay, the virtual so, console? Yeah. Okay. I, I was more stoked over the idea of like a throwback SNES, but whatever. So no, I didn't try and get it. Um, I thought the price was very reasonable, sixty bucks. It's for, fantastic for Air and Circuit Board and thirty fucking games. Yeah, some of which in Virtual Console are five bucks by themselves. Yeah, you know, so it's like no, I'd say it's a hell of a deal. Um, and I, I don't think some people understand why this is a hit. You know, like that. I see it on Twitter already, where people are just like, I don't understand. You can fucking emulate these games. Oh, you can. It's like shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up for that. Even when I walked in the Target, when I went to go looking for one with Morgan. Uh-huh. Uh, we went to Target first, and immediately the dude behind the counter. By the way, I wanna I wanna call this son of a bitch out because I did not like my shopping experience <laughs> with this. What I want to call him an mf'er. We went to the Oviedo Mall Target. Oh, by the gosh. way, we're in Orlando, Florida. <laughs> went to the Oviedo Mall Target. Go in there. This guy in glasses, kind of balding. What you'd expect. Uh, Someone working in the electronics section, wasting their uh, late thirties, a uh, <laughs> way to look like. He, he was just like, if you're really like wanting. First of all, I asked him, you know, any NESs, and he was almost angry. He was like, <laughs> no, blah, blah. and he just I fucking he, dare he you. He went on this rant where he's like, people just want it because it's new. It's a new thing by Nintendo. It's not as good as the original. It doesn't even have some of the classics. Like he's going on this fucking rant to me, and he's like, if you really want a Nintendo, I know where you can get an original. Nintendo with all the best games and I shut him down I was like nah I don't care about that I just want this and he fucking got so mad like and he just like visibly was like, Ugh. like I, I bet he thought I was like some sort of fucking hipster coming in or something I'm just like my, my dude like you have to understand I play so many fucking games where it, it is it's out of this world like don't mm-hmm. don't don't come at me I want this for a specific reason yeah. because one it's cute <laughs> two it's easy fucking all those games are in there I don't have to I don't have to torrent shit that's true I don't have to hop on a PC. I'm PC illiterate. It's all in one. Sure, it's only a two and a half foot cable on the fucking <laughs> controller. Right. You could barely uh, strangle a rat with that thing. But it's cool. It is. Uh, but we ended up going to the GameStop after and got a much better response. <laughs> Fancy that. Of course, they were sold out. Yeah. But he kind of explained what occurred. Uh, almost as a uh, kind of a historian <laughs> of this event. Okay. And he was like, I came in. On the Friday that it came out, <laughs> uh, it was about 10.30. There was 18 people lined up. And when I walked in, we were allocated maybe like six. <laughs> he says like we had like six units, six or seven. And he was like, the first four people bought them up. Yeah. I guess they weren't like, you know, holding off on like multiples for one person. No. So. But he told me, he's like, yeah, it'll, it'll probably come back. They always do this. And I was like, I agree. They always do this. It's fucking artificial demand. They did it with the Wii, too. Yeah. It's like, no, you you could meet the demand. You're just stifling quantities yeah. to uh, create this manufactured kind of hype for it. Exactly. Just really, I don't know. I don't think it's smart. I think it's dumb. I think it's dumb, too, because like, when the PS4 launched, like, was that fucking hard to get? Not at no, all. Not at all. I didn't have to worry about it. Nobody had to worry about getting, picking up the PS4, and yet it's, it's, it became the number one console. Yeah. You know, until now. <laughs> Xbox, motherfucker. I, I like that they say they're trying to keep up with consumer demand. Like, no, you're not. You don't give a shit. You just want to You want to hold these systems probably through the holidays, have something to sell then, and have something to sell after. And don't act like you're, you know, you're fucking making these things at a loss. Like, it, it is literally... It's nothing. 
Kotaku called it like seventy percent air. Yeah, like it's just a shell, and then it's one chip on the inside. It's just, there's just air in that motherfucker. You you throw it as hard as you want, and it'll be gone. <laughs> it'll fucking go to the stratosphere. There's nothing. So I, I I don't understand what you can't say. Oh well, you know, we can't manufacture little bastards fast enough. No, you didn't ma- manufacture enough. If I can walk into a store and they tell me we only had three, we were given three. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Some of your knockoff competitors at Hyperkin and I forget what the other company does that make uh, make their stupid Superboys or uh, what's the, the Retron? Uh-huh. I was like, well, what's a plastic piece of shit that immediately breaks? But some, for some reason, they get that retro vibe. It's Retron. Mm-hmm. Retron. Uh, we're not going to get a fucking sponsorship from Retron no, now, but you know, not. I just wanted to be honest with you guys out there. Uh, they they never would tell you, oh yeah, there's only like three a store. Like no, they'll they'll pump that bitch into a store. Mm. They don't care. I've seen those things at Target. Mm. <sighs> upsetting Nintendo and the send off on this is I'm afraid that they're going to do the exact same thing to the Switch where I asked that dude at the GameStop by the way I asked him I said uh, so do you think the Switch is going to be the same way and he said we put people on a calling list just to pre-order like we can't you can't pre-order yet uh-huh. but we're going to call these people that put down their number wow so that they <laughs> could come in and do it and try to do it as fast as possible that's crazy I was like what the fuck <laughs> what are we in for are we going to be able to get a Switch at launch? Yeah, Probably not from a GameStop. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. Number two on this list, speaking of Nintendo, my good friend. Mm. I know you care. I do. If the following rumor turns out to be true, our collective Switch boners may go soft when it launches next March. Mm. Yep, I heard it. According to rumblings caught by industry insider Emily Rogers... The localization process for The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is taking much longer than anticipated. Breath of the Wild is purportedly the largest and most ambitious game in the long-running Zelda franchise. As Rogers puts it, it's probably larger than Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword, and Wind Waker combined. Holy shit. That's pretty big. <laughs> uh, but let, let's take that for that. what that means, though. Is it just in terms of size or content? Like, is there literally as many missions and side quests and story content in one game as all three of these games? I I can't see that. I think it's just size, probably like landmass. Yeah, I think it's traversal. Just yeah, but don't get me wrong, I'm not gonna take away. Like, it looks ambitious. Yeah. <clears throat> Rogers reports that localization isn't going as smoothly as planned, and likely won't be completed until the end of December. After which, the game will require four to six months of testing to boil out its bugs. A huge task for a huge game. Rogers emphasizes that this rumor is just that, until we find out otherwise. But on this trajectory, Breath of the Wild will miss the Nintendo Switch's March launch window. However, Eurogamer reports that a brand new Mario title may be finished in time to launch alongside the console. I know you're sad about this. I didn't mean to break your heart on this beautiful Monday morning. I mean... In front of Steggy. I don't mean to embarrass you. In front turn of him around. Turn him around. Turn him around. It was hard not to expect it, but I, I'm also not that bummed out because, well, the Switch doesn't come out until March, and yep. I, don't, I don't have it. So it's not like I, I had the hype for it to come out with my, my Switch necessarily because I figured I would get Mario or another launch game with it. And for a game that they've already put so much time and effort into, I don't mind them taking like you know a few more weeks, a few more months to get it right, especially if it is as ambitious as we're saying it is. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not going to begrudge them trying yeah. to make this this one so, right. Uh, that's I, what the word is that Nintendo is just like very serious about this. They're like, yeah. if we're going to go all in with this game, it's going to be as perfect as possible when it comes out the door. So I don't. I don't mind not getting in March. Like huh. I've got other things on my plate anyway. So 
Oh, yeah, me too. I'd rather have I the mean, time for it. At that point, I mean, Horizon will be out for PS4. Yeah. Uh, for me, Resident Evil 7 would have been out since January. Yeah. Uh, there's, like, one other that's a big one that's coming out there. It's not Persona. That one got pushed like a bitch. Uh, was that on your list? Persona <laughs> 5? No. Okay. Well, so you know, Persona 5 got pushed like a bitch. I think until, like, June or something. Damn. Yeah, I know. So, uh, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, I still need to catch up for four. Um, so for me, I did want Breath of the Wild at launch. Uh-huh. That was kind of my big push because there wasn't like another game that was going to support. Even if you said like, oh, well, it's coming out with a Mario game. I'm like, I don't give a shit. thing like, is like Nintendo consoles traditionally, save for the Wii, have not launched with a Zelda game. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like even with uh, Twilight Princess for the Wii, it came out for the GameCube and then kind of came out. Where the Wii with like added support with Wii Motion and everything else, so yeah, this that, is not a shock move. No, it's not. It's not, not I wasn't expecting it to come out at launch. It was a cool notion when they were doing. Um, I forget what it's called. Nintendo. What's their what's press it that they do? Oh, the Nintendo Direct. Nintendo Direct. Yeah, yeah. That's actually no. Sorry, when they were doing um, E3 over the summer when they had the Nintendo. I've heard uh, of portions. E3. Yeah. So when they were showcasing it, I was like, oh, that's that's awesome. But uh, I don't think it's gonna come when they think it's gonna come. At this point, like, because I did kind of anticipate it to launch with the Switch. Now that it's not, I don't know if there's another game that's going to make me want the system at launch. Like, like I said, Mario doesn't sway me that hard. Like, I'm not that crazy about a Mar a new Mario game, um, unless they're like it's Sunshine too. Then they have me day one. They got me collector's edition. They got me wearing my uh, my water pack, walking my flood pack, walking into the GameStop, watering down the bitches. You got a good point there. Like yeah. that, that was a good... If that had been a launch title, that would have been a good reason to get it day one. Oh, but now it's like, okay, Mario game is... It's incentive, but yeah. then that's it, really. Like, I'm not going to dish over money for, like, a Splatoon remaster or port or oh, yeah. oh, any no, no, random yeah. third-party game that I've already played on my PS4. Yeah, now, now we're on waiting grounds where it's like, all right. Unless, you know... Again, sure. it has to be another big one to smack me in the face. It was like, oh, yeah, by the way, Metroid Prime 4. Yeah. Or, uh... No, that's it. <laughs> There's nothing else there. We'll see, but I think that one's true. Sounds very true. Eurogame has been pretty spot on with their uh, their leaks yeah. left and right. Uh, let's see. Number three on the list. Speaking of the famed plumber that does fucking everything except plum, Super Mario Run is racing on the iOS devices December 15th. Unlike Nintendo's previous forays into the mobile space, Super Mario Run will be a premium title priced at $9.99. Users can give the games three modes a short test drive before they buy, however... Android owners won't be left in Mario's mobile dust, as Nintendo does intend on releasing the game for the platform, though no word has resounded through the Mushroom Kingdom just yet. Uh, I don't think we care about this one, do we? No. I feel it. I feel you you made this face, you kind of started looking at the ceiling, you referenced Steggy for, for strength to get through that one. It's okay, it was quick. Like we talked about it back in August, I was like, oh, that's cool. Not going to really get it. Like, even though it was... It was free at the time they hadn't really announced it as like a premium ios game no they did it was just kind of like oh that's coming i'm like that's rad cool and now it's like oh 9.99 no i don't feel incentivized at all no not at all i don't really care um and yeah i don't have an iphone do you have an iphone yeah so even if it came on android it'd probably be kind of (laughs) shittier because my my android's starting to go already oh yeah already yeah it's been like it's been like a year but like i fucking travel with this thing man we all travel with our things. Yeah, oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> you don't travel like me, my guy. I'm throwing boxes around out there. I'm folding t-shirts. Oh, my gosh. 
I'm, Se- I'm folding these. Secure your shit a little better. All right, all right. We don't have this right, problem. Right, we're we're going through Samsungs every year. I was on this thought process, and you fucked up my thought process here. Let me let me let me try to backpedal here. No, I think it's gone. I think it's best to just move on from, right. <laughs> from that one. Uh, oh no no no! One interesting thing that I did want to bring up: the shareholders believe in uh, Nintendo going on mobile way more than they believe in the Switch. Like they, oh yeah, yeah they. they That's not surprising though. Like, look at the numbers the Wii U did. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. investors are probably not looking at big hardware moves like that anymore. Yeah, they're probably like, "What the fuck are you doing, guys? Like, you're not learning. Yeah. <laughs> you're not learning from what you did in the past at all." Um, yeah, so they the stocks went up. When they announced Super Mario Run, like immediately, like overnight, like twenty five percent, I think it was the number. And then when the Switch was revealed, they went down. Hmm. And I'm just like, what the fuck? So obviously the shareholders are not getting what this machine is or does. Yeah. And I hope that's messaging that it doesn't translate to the mass audience as well. At least on Nintendo's part, I could give a shit. If actually it would benefit me because if the Switch fucking fails, they would have no other hope but to become a third party company that puts their shit on PlayStation Four and Xbox yeah. One and PC. They would have to. Right, that's, that's what you want. I think they would rather uh, commit seppuku. Is that it? Is yeah, I'm saying it right. Uh, it, publicly. Hey, kitty. <laughs> was it? Was I saying seppuku? <laughs> yeah. That is a game. Is <laughs> Never mind. They would publicly castrate themselves before they get out of the hardware space because I think Nintendo is so full of pride. Yeah. So full of pride. They would never let that... Especially for being an initial forerunner in the console race. It's like, nope, they can't bow out now. Essentially, they wouldn't let it happen without burning down Westworld. <laughs> like like Ford would. If you guys get that reference, Daniel doesn't. I he's don't. lost. I, I like you for it. Number four. In a nation where our president can grab the pussy with impunity, Sony, on the other hand, will be goddamned if you tweet it. Such was the lesson learned by Adam, a QA tester in the UK, when he found an egregious wardrobe malfunction within Ubisoft's hacktastic open-world game Watch Dogs 2, posting on a NeoGAF thread tastefully titled, I found a vagina in Watch Dogs 2 and Sony banned me. <laughs> Adam relays his experience, quote, I received my copy of Watch Dogs 2 on Saturday evening due to a mistake on Amazon Prime Now, and I've been having a great time with the game so far. On Sunday evening, I accidentally blew up a few women in a back alley with a gas pipe. (laughs) That one always gets me. (laughs) Only in video games. Only in video games. (laughs) And then I saw it. Someone at Ubisoft had rendered a full vagina on one or maybe more of the females in the game. I love that this is like news for me. I had to share this shit immediately. <laughs> Never seen it before. Guys, there's a vagina in a video game. <laughs> our, our medium is young. So. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Adam was immediately compelled to post his findings to the world using the PS4 share function linked to his Twitter account. Cut to the very next day where Adam discovered he couldn't access online features for the game, nor sign into his PlayStation account. A quick perusal of his emails revealed the truth. Sony had placed a one-week suspension on his account, citing a breach in their terms of service, which was, content of an adult or sexual nature is against our code of conduct. Adam shared his story, not for the glory, and not to seek vindication for any perceived injustice. He simply wanted to raise the question if it was fair for Sony to punish him for sharing content that they allowed onto their platform to begin with. Unfortunately for him, this very act brought more of Sony's fury upon him. After sites like Polygon and IGN shared his tale of woe, Sony sent him a new notice, informing Adam that his suspension has been extended for an entire 
month, which is still standing right now. <laughs> Livid, Adam took to Twitter once more and lashed out, stating, quote, Sony should be ashamed for adding extra suspension time for me exposing them. But he made sure to follow up by defending the publisher of the offending content he ended up taking the heat for. Quote, I hope nobody blames Ubisoft for what has taken place. Watch Dogs 2 is a really damn awesome, is really damn awesome so far, and it deserved my purchase. Good guy, Adam. Yeah, right? Sticking out for a big corporate. Grabbing it like by the pussy. Act. Grabbing it by the pussy and saying, no, sir, you will not infr- Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I think he's getting in trouble for something they put in the game. That past certification. Yeah. That, that's his argument right there, and a lot of people are like, well... You should know not to post nudity, like, on the PlayStation platform yes. or through the PlayStation platform. Because it doesn't just show up on your Twitter feed. It shows up on, like, what's new. Oh, that's remember true, that? yeah. So, like, if this dude had, like, kids on his friend's account, perhaps they could have seen it, depending on the uh, the uh, parental features on yeah. the console. Which, for the most part, people don't even fuck with that. Yeah. Unless they're, you know, really about, like, keeping that content out of their of kids' course. hands. Which, I knew a few people that were like that, were like, yeah, I can't watch this DVD, I gotta get my parents' passcode. I remember back in the PS2 days when you could first do the yep. parental log. I was like, are you fucking kidding? I'm trying to masturbate to Road Trip. Fuck. <laughs> 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 it had some nip slips. In that one. <laughs> it did, yeah. It had some nip <laughs> It had full-on nipples. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so, I feel bad for the kid. Like, he, he, he yeah. caught... So, not only did he get in trouble, like, okay, duh. You know? For me, it's like, duh, you can get in trouble. Is it fair that he gets in trouble? Probably not. Yeah. That content's there in the game. It's an M-rated game. You know what you're getting into. Certified. Boom. Okay. And it even on his Twitter, I went to his Twitter, it was uh, the actual image, which, by the way, it's a woman in crotchless panties with a lovingly rendered vagina. <laughs> lovingly. Lovingly rendered. Uh, <laughs> Tender details to the lips and everything else. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, this went steggy. Cover your ears. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know at what point that was um, relevant to the game. I've heard you can, like, bust in on a nudist colony at oh. some point. Um, I haven't seen that so far. Hmm. I mean, I have seen instances of, like, toplessness. And okay. I didn't see anybody hang dong. That would be the first thing that I would I would try to share uh, through uh, Twitter feeds. Big Facebook. dick, yeah. Facebook, I would put that on Facebook immediately. Uh, I would tag my mother. <laughs> Tag my mother and whoever hey, else. Have yeah. it. <laughs> start, start causing some palpitations. See, that's real hacktivism right there. <laughs> oh my god. Here we go. So, my mm-hmm. thing is, like, it's not even... It's not his fault, necessarily. No. They should give him a light slap. The thing is, he got this game ahead of time, so I feel like maybe it's something that they mm-hmm. might have patched out otherwise and didn't have a chance to. Uh, no, because the embargo copies were this were, or I should say, the review copies were the same as what he got his hands on, essentially. Okay. Like by the time they got it. You're saying there can't be issues with review copies, though. <laughs> Things that don't need to be. Did I fucking it? say that? Did you hear me <laughs> I'm, I'm say that with you. my fucking words? Uh, no, I mean, like he had a pretty much up to date copy. Okay. Like that was a live copy. Um, I don't even think he could have gotten in trouble for getting online with it because he got it through an official retailer. Sure. It's not like he got it ill begotten. Legally, he yeah. didn't fucking torrent it. He didn't steal it off the back of a truck a month before release no, okay. he, he got it so he's fine okay. I don't think the issue was there it was the content um, but it, what, what's interesting is the retaliation to this news going viral right I was like Sony bad fucking form my dude like they didn't even explain themselves they're like here's an extra month 
what? <laughs> like, are are you trying to shut? Are you trying to stop his uh, pussy picture factory? <laughs> Is he monetizing this shit? Because <laughs> I went to the story. He still only has like eighty three. <laughs> like after the story broke, <laughs> like people are like, "You're the hero. You're the unsung hero." <laughs> no, nobody's <laughs> saying that shit. <laughs> Like, no. But okay, Sonny. Apparently, they 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 could spot a fire from afar. So yeah, right. Let me, let me trust him on that one. Number five, sir. Production on a feature film adaptation of Naughty Dog's magnum opus, The Last of Us, has come to an apocalyptic halt. Originally announced in 2014 as a Screen Gems film, based on a script by the game's creative director, Neil Druckmann, our boy, things seem full steam ahead, with Sam Raimi set to produce under his Ghost House banner, and murmurs that Game of Thrones' Maisie Williams was in the lead to play Ellie. Then, stagnation set in as updates about the film came few and far between. The last official word came from Druckmann himself in April this year, where he stated there hasn't been any work done on it in over a year and a half. Yeah, usually that's uh, not a great sign. Mm -hmm. Uh, At a luncheon promoting... Sorry, fucked up my computer. At a luncheon promoting the home video release of Don't Breathe... I wanted to see that. Did you see the one? Don't Breathe? Okay. Producer Sam the Man Raimi, the filmmaker behind such films as The Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, and some Spider-Man films, I guess, revealed to IGN that production on The Last of Us seems to have stalled because of Sony Pictures. Get ready for a big quote. Well, unfortunately, that one... When we went to Neil with Ghost House Pictures, we were hoping to get the rights like we do any project. And then we take it out and sell it, but we control the rights. With this one, he went to Sony, who I have a very good relationship with. But they have their own plans for it, and I think Neil's plan for it, I'm not trying to be political, Neil's plan for it is not the same as Sony's. And because my company doesn't have the rights, I actually can't help him too much. Even though I'm one of the producers on it, the way he set it up, he sold his rights to Sony. Sony hired me as a producer, by chance. And I can't get the rights for uh, I can't get the rights free for him, so I'm not in the driver's seat. And I can't tell you what Sony and Neil together would decide on. If they do move forward, I'd love to help them again. <laughs> I love this. I love this. Like he's like a spectator in this situation yeah. where he's like, I, I guess I'm a part of this. I, I, I don't know if the party's still on. I, I, uh, I got a text last week. <laughs> Nobody's confirmed since. But I'll show. I'll bring cups. I need cups. I think I'm gonna show up. <laughs> and like he's missing the text. I was just like, "Yo, we moved the venue." <laughs> like he's showing up for Last of Us. It's not gonna happen. So Ramey says he's still attached to produce the project, though he's unsure what that means at this point. "Quote: Right now, it's just sitting there. They don't want to move forward, and it's not my place to say why. And Neil, I think, is in a slight disagreement with them about how things should go. So there's a standstill." And I don't have the power to move it. So that's pretty much the last word on The Last of Us. I don't know if it's going to break free from this this development hell is what they like to call it. Mm. It seems like a lot of video game projects have all like entered development hell. Resident Evil was in development hell before it finally became that horrible, horrible fucking film series by Paul W.S. Anderson. Mm. Not to be confused with actual filmmaker Paul Anderson. Um, <laughs> and... I, I feel like at this point, it's like maybe Sony's just like, all right, why don't we take a step back and let someone else take the brunt? Because we're still unsure of video game movies. Yeah. Like, well, we've heard there's a Tomb Raider movie coming out. Let's see how they do. Let's see what they do with their modernistic take, blah, blah, blah. Because, like, they talk. Hollywood talks. Of course. You know, maybe that spec script went around and people are just like, oh, shit, that looks like an investment. 
Let's see if it pays off for them. Let's hold The Last of Us. Mm. You know, that that could very much be a situation where one one lunch has changed the entire narrative of where this should go. Uh, it's funny that Sam, that Sam Raimi is like, dude, if you went to me, we could have got this made. And I'm just like, Ghost House doesn't make great films. I want to say it out loud. Ghost House does not make great <laughs> films. They use schlocky fucking computer effects. They all have this weird, uneven tone, and they use untested directors to fucking go into it. The Ghost House, the best thing they made was Evil Dead, the remake. Okay. Because uh, they made Drag Me to Hell, which I didn't like. It was okay. Yeah. They did a bunch of the fuck. I think Ghost House did, like, The Grudge and all that shit, right? You don't? Come on. I don't know. We're, we're going we're gonna to research this. I, but Ghost House is not, like, up there for me. Okay. So I'm just kind of like, I would be worried about them having <laughs> full control over the rights to The Last of Us. Yeah. I'd be so afraid of it. I'd be like, nah, dude. Like, th- this needs to be almost be like... I wouldn't want a straight horror studio to take on, like, a survival horror action. I think it kind of misses, like, some of the point of what The Last of Us is, for yeah. sure. I think, honestly, it needs to be filmed like an art house pic- picture. Yeah. It needs to be filmed like like an independent film. It needs to have that kind of severity behind the lens, that kind of grounded realness that I don't think some directors would come in and be like, let's focus on the clicker action and these big set pieces. I'm like, that's not really the point of what The Last of Us was trying yeah. to like say to you. you know. But at the same time, it had a lot of time to say what it wanted to you. It had like 10, 12 hours that's to true. do it versus two hours where you got to put in at least five good action scenes yeah. and then some introspective character moments. And I'm just like... Maybe they shouldn't do a Last of Us movie. And like I said, take that shit to Netflix, man. You yeah. can make a pretty compelling series. Do a TV show. Do like six episodes, man. Give me six hours of this. I'd watch the show. Put it on Netflix. Be fucking awesome. I'm going to move on from that, sir. Unless you had another two-bit. No. Steggy? You good? Nothing. Nothing. Steggy. Oh, Rex? No, okay. Shut the fuck up, Rex. Uh, number six. Sources have indicated to Eurogamer that, keeping with series tradition... A third version of the newest Pokemon is in the works to complement the recently released Sun and Moon. Here's the switch, though. Ooh, I had the burp. Sources say this game, codenamed Pokemon Stars, is in development for the Nintendo Switch, making it the first mainline Pokemon title to ever hit a home console. Hmm. Game Freak, the studio responsible for the Pocket Monsters since 1996, has reportedly been working on Stars simultaneously with 3DS's Sun and Moon. Pausing production only to focus on polishing the handheld titles before their release. While the Switch version of the game may feature an Aloha region very similar, uh, region very similar to its appearance on the 3DS, albeit at a higher res appearance, Game Freak is working on new features and potentially new Pokemon exclusive to the platform. Don't toss your 3DS out the window just yet, though. The Pokemon Bank app will let you trade your little dog fighting bastards between all three versions of the game. <laughs> Eurogamer says Pokemon Stars was initially planned for a summer 2017 release, but has since been pushed back to late next year. Exciting times. I think so. A Pokemon game on console that doesn't involve screaming at a Pikachu or <laughs> taking pictures of Magmar. My god. What a good time. I like it. I like, I like it. I like where we with that. Thank you, Game Freak. Thank you, Game Freak, for, uh, for taking this to a bold new uh, land. But I, I like it because it... it they're trying to <coughs> skew that message of what the... Well, not skew the message, but they're trying to blur that line between console and handheld for what the Switch is. Mm-hmm. They're trying to say, no, it's both. It does both. It's on. It's, it's a home console. They're trying to push the console front pretty hard, but they're, they're still trying to say... What is a home console? That's the thing, like... Yeah. It, it's a console. Like, that, it's a console. There's nothing past that. It, it, goes, it goes out. Yeah. It goes... So I think that this is, like, one of the perfect games to kind of demonstrate that, that force power. 
where it's like, no, 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 take it on the road because you're playing Pokemon. Yeah. Just like you would on your 3DS or whatnot. You know? And then when you go home, throw in Breath of the Wild. Boom. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I like it. Yeah, that plays to its favor. I Did I want a more full-fledged Pokemon experience in console? Yeah. Probably more than just like I think so. a semi-port of Sun and Moon. Uh, I mean, we'll see what it turns out to be. I'm sure it's going to have better graphics and whatnot. I don't think it's going to be... People have always been wanting this kind of like open world rpg adventure, like, you know, on, on kind of what Final Fantasy does. Uh-huh. They wanted that out of Pokemon on a console experience. They want this big game, you know? Well, no, just treat it like you would with um, the Zelda games where it's like, okay, the original Zelda games, like Link to the Past or mm-hmm. Legend of Zelda, the original one, like they had RPG elements, but you right. would still be going through like areas, whether it's an overhead map or town to town. And that's very much what the original Pokemon games were about. So you can kind of expand the adventure by mm-hmm. just doing what Legend of Zelda did. So Zelda Make the areas bigger, give them more side quests, give them things nuance, to do. nuance, more things to do, so, like that kind of thing. I mean, yeah, it doesn't have to be a huge sprawling RPG, but, well, but you know, there's I've, potential. I've been impressed with what, like, you know, the last Pokemon I played was X. I was impressed with the oh, kind yeah. of advancements like from it. like where it came from, like back in the red and blue days, yeah. to where it is now. I'm like, yeah, some of the shit you can do is kind of crazy. You know, so I'm skating around in the middle of Paris or this amalgam of Paris mm-hmm. on a, and fucking like it's in 3D. And I'm yeah. like, that's impressive. I, I, that's not where we were. <laughs> that's actually the, the only one that I've ever owned and played, and uh, I love it. It's a good game. That's the only Pokemon you've ever owned or yeah. played? X? You didn't have Red? Nope. You never played Red? I never actually had a Game Boy growing up. I would just kind of borrow them from friends. So I remember like when I was in day camp, I would play like that Pokemon pinball game that they had. That was a great one. That was a lot of fun. Needed and a battery for Rumble and whatnot. Yeah, and I had friends who would offer to let me like borrow their Red or their Blue, and I'm like, no, I'd rather you know just wait till I get my own. I never got my own. So. <laughs> you never, never got my own, though. Yeah. Huh. So. The more you know. Never played Pokemon like that. Closet full of beanie babies. <laughs> gotcha. I'm just trying to figure out what kind who of, I am. What kind of murderer you are? <laughs> Would you kill me in my sleep, or is it one of those things where you got to make a big show of it? I'm trying to figure this out. Right now, I think it's going to be kind of showy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I want you to be awake. I wanted to make eye contact yeah. with you while it's happening. I think that's where we're. It'd be kind of romantic. A little, little. It's romantic now. Yeah. Number seven, Mr. Daniel. Um, actually, before I got to number seven, was there a seventh item? What? <laughs> yeah, I have seven items. Okay. <laughs> Sorry you didn't proofread this first. <laughs> Before I got to that, I do want to make special mention. We won't get into it. We won't okay. get into it too much. But uh, they finally <laughs> they finally got to the final sequence of Nobi Nobi Boy. They did. Did you hear about this? I, yeah, I actually broke the news yeah, you on this for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so whatever the fuck that game's about, I guess like, <laughs> floating to other planets on your fucking human centipede... The chibi version of the human centipede. You get your girl up there, which I don't get that either. I don't. Obviously, I don't remember much of this. (laughs) They started talking about we finally got girl to the edge of the universe or something. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I remember this being like a weird physics game where. I wrapped this dick monster around a house. Yeah. <laughs> but and people rode me gleefully. But apparently Namco, or Bandai Namco, or is it Namco Bandai these days? Namco Bandai. Fuck me. Uh, they had to help in the process. They had to give like a like a score multiplier to, really? to this, whatever, this amorphous freak, <laughs> uh, this hot dog freak. It was like times two million just to like reach the, it took like over 2,400 days. 
Jeez. to get to like the last sequence in this game. I'm I'm proud. That's crazy. I am absolutely proud of this Nobi Nobi boy accomplishment. And I I would <laughs> like to say that everyone involved is a Nobi Nobi champion. <laughs> so we're gonna move on to number seven. <laughs> and thus, thus finally, hitting our obligation of mentioning Nobi Nobi boy every <sighs> single fucking episode of the Saber. Well, I mean we've missed some, but okay. Did we? Yeah. Delete those. Didn't exist. Delete them all. You're not going to break my streak with fact. <laughs> Number seven, the future of Titanfall is uncertain. In a Q&A with Glixel, Respawn Entertainment's chief executive, Vince Zampella, addressed the possibility of a sequel. Quote, we don't know yet. <laughs> the game is critically a huge success. We're really happy with all the reviews and the positive sentiment. Sales, uh, it's too early to tell. We definitely like to tell more of the story and the universe. I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty safe to assume that we'll explore more of it. EA might have announced more. At that point in the interview, an EA publicist accompanying Zampella affirms that EA is committed to the franchise. With Zampella blithely adding, "So whatever the fuck that means." <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, I know it's hard to make AAA games. Holy shit! But. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so I broke this in two segments because like he goes on about Call of Duty. This is where this dude comes from, but I think that's just such like a naked statement yeah. about like their relationship with EA and, and Respawn Entertainment. Because I think Respawn is a great studio. Within two games, they kind of established that like no, we know our shit. Yeah, we know our roots. We know where we're coming from. We know it feels good in the game. And I think they're being pigeonholed yeah. by EA because EA is like, well, we need to fit you in our marketing strategy. They're not treating them like rock stars, you know. They're not. They're like, you're not on battlefield terms yet, so fuck you. <laughs> you know, they're gonna get preferential treatment, you know, because like we own all of that shit. Uh, I think they own the Titanfall brand, but they don't own Respawn. Okay. And in this in this uh, interview, he kind of mentions that that's always a concern, where he says a publisher is always gonna back a game that they completely own, uh, rather than one that they're just publishing so it's like he said that out loud and i'm just kind of like are are you trying to hint that maybe uh things didn't work out so well like you're not happy with their decisions i wouldn't be dude that that fucking release frame for if you don't know at home of course you don't know you're smart as fuck uh titanfall release sandwiched in between uh call of duty infinite warfare and battlefield one what (laughs) what actually we go into a little bit more so Zimpala, along with cohort Jason West, formally created and spearheaded the Call of Duty franchise under the Infinity Ward banner. Both men were terminated from their executive positions by Activision in what turned into an incre- incredibly public lawsuit slash counter lawsuit. The Glixel article touches on Zampella's history and thoughts on the franchise, with the revelation, a revelation that Vince has not played a Call of Duty since Modern Warfare 2, which would be the last game that they shipped before they all got fired. Mm. And I do want to mention 40, at least 40 employees working in Infinity Ward jump ship to respawn. So when people say Infinity Ward is making like Infinite Warfare and all that shit, Infinity Ward means nothing to me. Yeah, That name means nothing. It is name only. Uh, I know there's people from the older Call of Duty days that stood by, yeah. but that is a shell of itself, man. They gutted that studio and renamed it. Or, I'm sorry, didn't rename it, but they gutted that studio and took that fucking name. It's, it's, there you go. A lot of people don't know that. You just see Call of Duty and that's all they think. Uh, Zampella also spoke on his feelings about sharing a release window with his old studio's new game. Quote, It definitely feels a little odd. Call of Duty Infinite Warfare is from my old studio that I built. 
and they're repackaging my old game that I built on a brand that I built. <laughs> so it's kind of like you're throwing it all against me. Okay, I can live with it. <laughs> I guess, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like everything you said beforehand didn't seem like it was easy to live with. Nope. I'd be pretty sour. Yeah. Those in Pella was reluctant to be as transparent about EA's decision to sandwich Titanfall's two launch between Battlefield 1 and Infinite Warfare. He admitted that he would be a fool not to want that sales window all to himself. Respawn was aware of EA's launch plan, but not the precise date. Another weird thing. Yeah. That EA wouldn't tell you what the exact date for was. And it, could they even veto at any process or any part of this process to be like, dude, we don't want to launch like right next to Call of Duty. Like we, we believe in our game. We do. But I think everybody in the industry at this point over the last seven, eight years knows that Call of Duty is a vacuum. It is a black hole to release a game near. It's just going to suck all your marketing and all your hype right into the black hole and disappear. Get compressed to fucking nothing. And uh, all that's going to happen is Call of Duty sells. I, I, I know that their numbers are down this year too for Call of Duty, but not down enough for it to be a, a sign of the apocalypse or a sign of surrender. No, I'm sure they're still selling like millions of units. Oh yeah, they're going to make another one. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's done. So I, I would have been pissed. I would have been pissed if I was like, dude, we built a brand. This was our fuck you to Activision. Right. Titanfall was our fuck you. And you're fucking sullying it. You're making sure three won't happen. Right. You know, you're kicking in the dirt. Like, it's done. What the fuck? It seems like enough to make Zimpel want to go back to Activision again. Exactly. Like, oh, you're pushing back that I way. I thought again. about that, too. And it, the funny <laughs> thing is... They, Zimpella and crew, they were previous uh, EA employees, hmm. or, well, not technically. They worked on Medal of Honor Alloyed uh, Assault. And then when they got wiped off from that team, Activision bought those motherfuckers up immediately. They're like, here's what we want you to do. We yeah. want you to make something that's going to take Medal of Honor down. Because they're like, we can't take down their sports games. We can't take down like what they're doing with like Madden and all that shit. But we can try to fight them on the World War uh, World War II front. Yeah. So... Call of Duty in its initial phases was literally called Medal of Honor Killer. <laughs> so it's funny how we flip-flopped. Yeah. Like, back and forth. So, you know, we'll be talking to Respawn when uh, they're back with Activision. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but that sucks, dude. Like, it seems like yeah. they're, they're, they're totally. airing some dirty laundry. You know? Like, just him saying, oh, whatever the fuck that means. Like, in the middle of an interview? Right. Good God. I, maybe he was just, maybe in the moment he was just being glib, being funny. Maybe he knew the guy very well. <laughs> you know? But, like... That is exactly how the Glixel article decided to end. All it said was, so what the fuck that means? And that was it. And no no extra line, no, no Zimpella going, like, ah, I'm just joking, whatever, like EA. Like, no, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> so I don't know if they're trying to control the narrative in that degree, because that's a Maybe. way more interesting story. Yeah. You know, to set up this kind of rivalry between uh, Padawan and Master. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm, I'm sad that Titanfall is selling, selling bad. It's not doing yeah, well. me too, especially because I've heard good things about it. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you put it up against Battlefield and, and uh, Call of Duty. It's going to be the third worst-selling game out of all of them. It needed its own... In a year that, that, that just filled with shooters, dude. There was yeah. a glot of shooters. You know, don't forget Doom. Doom came out and everyone's like, oh, well, Doom's better than Titanfall. And oh, well, Battlefield 1's better than Titanfall. Like, that's the discussion rather than, oh, Titanfall does these things really well. Yeah, it's just really comparing fun. it to other things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it was a bad situation. Daniel, what do you got for me? What have I got for you on my newsreel? Let's check it out, my guy. Give me it all. All right, continuing it. Yep. Number eight here. 
You did. You did numbering. I did. I love it. Well, I'm just numbering off of you. I love. I I had a. I had, okay. Okay. <laughs> Nintendo comes forward and announces Wii U will officially end production. Earlier this month, it was leaked by known newsbreakers Eurogamer that Nintendo would be on the fast track to end production of the Nintendo Wii U. With 240,000 units left on the shelves, it was said that Nintendo would finally bring down the axe on Wii U on November 4th. Nintendo quickly covered their Tanuki tales and sent a post a spokesperson out to say, quote, there's no change in our continuing Wii U production, end quote. Though with the Nintendo Switch being officially announced and the Wii U not selling nearly as much as its predecessors, this speculation pointed to that very conclusion. Following an announcement on their official Japanese website on the 10th, November went back on their denial and posted that, quote, Wii U production is scheduled to end soon, with the specification that it was localized to within Japan. To address it further, a Nintendo rep came forward to IGN with the official word, Quote, as recently posted by Nintendo on the Wii U website in Japan, Wii U will end in the near future for the Japanese domestic market. We have nothing to announce in terms of exact timing. We can confirm that as of today, all Wii U hardware will be made available in the North American uh, market for this fiscal year has already been shipped to our retail partners. We encourage anyone who wants Wii U to communicate with their preferred retail outlet to monitor availability. End quote. According to CEO Tatsumi Kimishima, Wow. <laughs> According to CEO Tatsumi Kimishima, the Wii U was originally projected by the company to sell close to 100 million units worldwide in its lifespan. This would have at least met the sales of the Wii, which sold over 101 million units. Hmm. The Wii U, in fact, has been Nintendo's worst selling console to date, with current sales Say sitting around so. 13 million units. Oh, that's piss poor. Oh. According to the official sales data from Nintendo's website as of September 30th, it has been outsold in more recent years by the Nintendo 3DS at 61 million. Nintendo GameCube at 21.74 million, and even the N64 at 32.93 million units. While there is no official date for the Wii U's last day within us, it is clear that Nintendo will be redirecting assets and funds in support of the Nintendo Switch will be coming to us this March. Oh, god damn. Yep. I don't understand the whole uh, Rochambeau there where they're like, oh, it's not going out of production, nobody worry. And then yeah. it is. Like, dude, of course it is. You're coming out with a new fucking console. Yeah. And this sold so soft, it's it's not even flaccid. It's non-existent. We're not surprised by this news. Yeah, maybe, maybe they were just worried about like uh, concerning the factory or some shit like that. You know, maybe for people relying on these uh, Wii U manufacturing jobs. I, I don't know. I don't Somebody. Know. I mean, the thing is, like, okay, they'll get replaced by another system that they can manufacture. Yeah. Just fucking. That that's that, allocated that's to the switch, like that's you know, hope, you know, if they're using the same factories to make it. Maybe. Uh, but I don't know. We don't know. We have no idea. I'm, I'm not surprised that this is happening. There, granted, there's no official date yet. I think numbers were projected for like 2017, 2018 for it to officially stop selling completely. You said something that, that people were going to start like buying up the Wii U toward the end of its life. And I was just kind of confused by that statement. Why do you think that? Why do I think people are going to start buying it up? Because uh, okay. it's not going to be available anymore? That's it? I think it's just going to be cheaper. Okay. It's, as, so, so they're they're going to buy it to own. Yeah, not as a collector's item. No, 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 a, no, 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 no. Like as as the Nintendo Switch comes, I'm sure like the Wii U prices are going to drop drastically, just because Nintendo's probably going to want to get it out there and sell it. Yeah, sure. Uh, whatever five games that you missed out on on the Wii U, go ahead. It's it's your time to get a Wii. U. I mean, I I would be incentivized to get it because there's yeah. going to be no backwards compatibility in terms of actual the physical Switch? games with the Switch. Mm-hmm. So games that I might have missed like Hyrule Warriors, um, Zeno Saga. The, the Wii U ports of um, Wind Waker. And, Did you uh, really feel like you're missing out on Xenosaga? Yeah. Like, that's not a game I would fucking It looks like. cool. That's not a Daniel game. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Or, I could like JRPGs. You could? Yeah. 
I don't think you like them on that level. I, I mean, I like a few. I like my I like Final Fantasies. I like my Dragon Quests. You like Dragon Quests? Yeah. What's your favorite one? Seven. Huh. It's a good one. Huh. Huh. Don't question my PS2 days, my guy. Dark Cloud. Dark Cloud's good. Dark Cloud 2? Dark Cloud 2 is better. Huh. 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 <laughs> Give me this hardcore study. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, I, I feel like there there'll be games worth revisiting for that one. So. I didn't like the hardware. I really didn't like that tablet. No, I think that was the most inoptimal way to play a fucking game. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the controller, <laughs> as is. I don't know why we strayed away from the GameCube controller. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was, especially coming off the Nintendo 64 controller, which wasn't always comfortable. They kind of made the GameCube controller a little more ergonomic and fit a little better. And it didn't hurt as much. I feel like when the minority of people that really fucking hated the N64 controller, I think that thing was a piece of shit. But the, the biggest innovation was the joystick. The joystick, that, and then... They killed it with that. Awesome. But... They did, they, remember, they did it even before PS1 had a, had a fucking glimmer in their head to yeah. put a joystick on their sure. goddamn controller. It was those ugly little plasticky things that yeah. had no sticks and... Big ol' start button. You remember that? Yep. Yeah. yeah. That 64 controller was really, really interesting with all the shit it had on it. It had a D-pad. It had C buttons. It had shoulder buttons. It had a Z trigger. Yeah, it had a lot, so it had a lot going, on. going on, but it wasn't always comfortable to hold for too long. Could you imagine, like, I, we were too young, I think, to remember, but, like, to go from that transition of, like, this is what a SNES controller is to, like, all right, here's the N64. I'm being like, what the fuck? Am I am I landing aircraft? <laughs> right? <Am> I simulating <laughs> flight? What the shit? <laughs> like, it's got a Z button? What, what the fuck am I going to do with a Z button? <laughs> Why is there so many goddamn buttons? Oh my god. <laughs> and it stayed that way. Yeah. <laughs> that's the worst part. We were just like, we need all these buttons. I mean, maybe that's part of my problem with the Wii. Is like, I'm still curious about it years later. Like, I still yeah. don't know what the fuck it's all about. And I'm just like, I don't want to just wrap my head around it firsthand. <laughs> I feel you. Number two here on the list. Players who pirated Pokemon Sun and Moon early are being banned by Nintendo. Hmm. Fans of the Pocket Monster craze really felt the need to go out there and catch them all as soon as possible as leaks containing the files for Pokemon Sun and Moon made their way around the web earlier this month, two weeks ahead of the anticipated November 18th release. <coughs> the files were the real deal, though, as they not only granted full access to the game, but allowed players to even go online and play it with or against others. <laughs> Nothing could go wrong there, right? Nintendo brought forth at the SmackDown on eager trainers and gave a heavy ban on players who were caught with the game ahead of its street date. While players thought they were definitely pulling one over on Nintendo, the company punched back when people were dumb enough to use the game's online features, in turn violating Nintendo's terms of service. According to a post by Kotaku earlier this week, it was pouring out from sites like GBA Temp and 4chan that people were coming forward claiming that they were being banned from their 3DS. Now with the ominous error code 002-0102, these bans disallowed players from going online with Sun and Moon and denied online access to Nintendo's eShop or the ability to re-download previously purchased titles. The official word, quote, as a result of a number of Nintendo 3DS users using unauthorized versions of several games and, con um, and connecting to the official game servers in violation of our terms of service, these users' 3DS systems that store the unauthorized game code have been banned from Nintendo's online network effective immediately, end quote. Acclaimed pirates, pissants, and well idiots came forward on 4chan bearing the breath and outrage of their bans with swearing off Nintendo and their properties for good. The ban had been out. Uh, the ban has had the outrage scheming up new ways to get around the heavy ban, with one proposed method being 
being the suggestion that you buy a new 3DS from a retailer, extract all the information, putting it into the banned 3DS, and then turning back around and returning the empty purchased 3DS to retailers. Seems like a lot of work for people who wanted to trade their trebuchets for something new or didn't want to wait to see what their low informs executor would be like firsthand. Well, thanks to you and your eagerness, Gary is going to outplay you fools again. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. So that's what happened to my 3DS. Right? I've been locked out of it. No, it's a, just, I mean, I've never been uh, download savvy. No. Never, never really torrented shit. Never had LimeWire growing up? Oh, I had a LimeWire growing okay. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, I did SoulSeek. You can oh. get entire albums. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, peer to peer. Peer to peer, yeah. Peer to peer. You know how it goes. Um, but I never really tried to download games or shit like that. Like, I would always just, you know, pay for games. Yeah. And there was a time where I actually enjoyed walking into a GameStop and having a conversation with somebody that worked there about video gaming. Nowadays, I don't want to fucking hear from anybody else about gaming anymore. Uh, sure. <laughs> like I walk into a GameStop and they just want to push pre-orders and fucking magazines on me. Mm. And I try to Push about the circle of life and shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, my dude, magazines? In this day and age? Print media's dead, fool. <laughs> Get a real job. <laughs> um... Yeah, I, I just get games through actual means, dude. People yeah. fucking put man hours and time into it. And I know it's easy to kind of have this degree of separation yeah. where it's like, ah, it's just this big corporate entity that, that does this. It's a money maker for a living. I'm like, yeah, but if you look on like a micro level, like the, there's actual people that are fucking putting huge amounts of man hours. We talked about it before in one mm-hmm. of the episodes. Where it's like these people are putting in like fucking eighty hour work weeks sometimes yeah. when it comes to crunch time, just for you to have a fun game and you won't pay for it. I, I don't necessarily necessarily think it was people not wanting to pay for it. No, I think it was they just like wanted early. Yeah, I think it was like two weeks ahead of the date. People just wanted to fucking play. It. I feel like those people were gonna buy it anyway, but they're just like they they had to fucking play it right then there. They saw the files like let's go for it. Right, let's do it. Right, we we live in that generation now where the internet has has taught us like no, it's better to get it early right now. We love our fucking leaks. Yeah, we love seeing content like posted before it should. Remember the Avengers two trailer fucking yep. got like outed out of nowhere and blew up overnight because of course people want to like nobody's gonna be like you know what no, I want to just wait until the official release of this trailer. <laughs> like yeah, I get that. You know you want to scratch that itch. Yeah, uh, but. I mean, that sucks. You, you guys put yourself in a pretty bad predicament there. You kind of should have known that maybe that was going to happen. Yeah. You know, or at least if you're going to do that, cool. Don't go online. Exactly. What the fuck? So one thing you should know better than to, like, out yourself in the way by connecting to online features. Like, you could have gotten away with it. Okay, so I don't know if this is something that a lot of casual gamers know or people that maybe just are on the periphery uh-huh. of our gamingness. Okay. Gamingness is what we want to call it. Steggy, you like it? He likes it. Um, so all your data is out there with your fucking games, like even past the point where you think it matters. Mm. So there's something called heat mapping in video games yeah. where they look at your habits. They see, let's say, like the entire layout of a game. Every level is shown to them. They can look through, and it's heat mapped depending on how many users are doing what. So if they're in, like, in Destiny, if you're all in the fucking hub area, they can see that. Mm. They can see that in heat map it and see your habits over weeks and months at a time. Mm. A lot of times you're agreeing to this. Yeah. You know, the beginning of the game is like, oh, the end user agree, da 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 Sometimes you're agreeing just by buying the game. Sure. You know? So they see your fucking habits. They know what you're doing. There's no trying to get online with this fucking game without it sending off a ping at Nintendo and them going like, wait a second. <laughs> this should be happening. 
Uh, is somebody <laughs> reviewing it in fucking San Mateo right now? <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> and then bricked. Okay. Just want to warn you guys out there. Pretty crazy band, but, yeah. I mean, whatever. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a lesson. It is a lesson. <laughs> I, or they're trying to make an example. True. Obviously. I mean, they could have set you on fire they as could've. well. But they didn't. Set you and your console on fire. That's what I'm grateful for. When something stops working in the house, I'm just like, I'm glad it didn't catch fire and kill me <laughs> instead of just not working. Right. That's my first thought. Number three on mine, I guess number 10 on the list. Come on, man. Nintendo doing a real-life Zelda escape room. Nintendo announced earlier this week that fans of Legend of Zelda would finally be able to don their green tunics and experience the thrill of solving puzzles, lighting torches, killing Octoroks, and searching for Skulltula tokens as an effort to escape a dungeon firsthand. Well, kind of. As part of a partnership with the escape company, um, Scrap, Nintendo has announced plans to do a limited series of escape rooms across the U.S. inspired by The Legend of Zelda. Quote, arrive a player, leave a hero, the official promo video implores. In the official press release from Nintendo, they state, quote, instead of escaping from a locked room, participants will work in a team of six to solve a mystery in a huge area, all within a time limit. This experience will let guests interact with classic items and characters seen in the Legend of Zelda series, like the Goron, Zora, and Kokiri tribes. Discovered items can be used to solve puzzles and move forward into other areas, just like in the Legend of Zelda games, end quote. So does the prospect of facing your frustrations with the water temple firsthand, seeing all the uses of a bonchu, or sending toe-to-toe with a goron to see who can eat the most dongaro sound appealing? Well, keep your eyes peeled and your wallets open. As of now, dates have only been announced in San Francisco, LA, and San Diego for early next year, with more dates to be announced for Seattle, Phoenix, Houston, Chicago, and New York sometime after. It's cool. So wait, are people like dressed up as gorons and shit going around? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> like doing it thing. beating on their chests that's great so my question is what if you can't like figure it out I, like, I've never been to an escape room yeah event yeah I don't know if you just get kicked out I don't know if like this floor drops out I don't know if it's like in the shadow temple a fucking mysterious hand comes down and just picks you up or if it's like the opening of predators you're just like you wake up mid fall <laughs> <laughs> like onto a planet <laughs> you wait, like you fall on the high roll you're like what the fuck everyone's like it's a game right yeah. like no one's really sure because nobody's saying anything <laughs> I imagine there's a loud siren the lights turn on then you notice yeah. that Gorn is a very shoddy cosplayer a very shoddy cosplayer yeah they, they didn't uh, they didn't splurge and get a real Goron no the, the hop in their fucking maze I want to see what this is all about really I want to do yeah. one it'd be cool want to do one we don't have any coming to Florida yet but I mean hey let's let's take it to the cities man what's the closest city it's coming to Coming to Orlando. Um, well, what Chicago? That's the closest. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. fuck. Yeah. Well, fuck me. Okay. Well, or Houston, depending on which way you want to go. Oh, I don't like Houston. So. Houston's a bad place. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Terrible. Just start over. <laughs> Just rebuild the whole state. Yeah. Whole city. Whole, All of it. Well, you, you, you can start with the whole state. Okay. All of Texas. needs to be fixed. It's the worst. It's worse. So that's cool. I mean, if it comes to Florida, we should check it out. See how well we can solve a puzzle together. I'd do it. Yeah? I would do it, for sure. I would dress up as as Luigi. Okay. I would yeah. find a, a Tingle costume. Remember Tingle? The green guy? The green guy who was like, he's in like his 40s or 50s, and he was like reliving childhood memories of being an elf, essentially. He was the guy who sold you maps huh. in Majora's Mask. No, I recall. Yeah. 
I didn't know he had this weird backstory. And he had this, uh, no, you, you meet his dad in the swamp, and his dad is just, like, so, like, disappointed. aloof and, and disappointed. He's like, oh, my son just going out there gallivanting like a fairy when he could be, you know, running the boat shop with me. <laughs> he was just, like, so mad. He'll make his way back. Huh? He will. He'll make his way back to me. Now it's your turn. I believe in Tingle. Yeah. Tingle, tingle, kula lipa, as he says. What the fuck did you just say to <laughs> That's me? That's his sign-off, man. Steggy, back me up on this. <laughs> this is weird, right? Steggy agrees. It's weird. No much else in terms of news there. Uh, we Sucks. Can, yeah. We're on a new week here, so I guess all the releases I could have covered from last week we don't really need to do. No, what do you, what do you got? Yeah. I mean, we could say Watch Dogs 2 came out last week. I heard. Yeah. Ezio's Creed. Ezio. Ah. Ezio's Creed. <laughs> Assassin's Creed, the Ezio collection. It has AC2, AC Brotherhood, and AC Revelations. I heard uh, it's, not, it's not doing so good. I hear it's looking really... I heard it's looking a little rough. Looking weird and looking bad, super glitchy. Kind of rough. Uh, on the, there's like one NPC that... <laughs> I don't know what happened. He was struck by like a Botox gun or something. Yeah. I, I don't know what... It's confusing. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with keeping those on the PS3. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's fine. It. Yeah. Uh, I didn't need to play all those. We had Overcooked Gourmet Edition. And it's serving up the last morsel DLC and base game for twenty bucks. Hell yeah! Which one? Overcooked. Oh, we should play it. Yeah, let's get on. Wanting to play it. Twenty bucks. Let's get all those trophies, man. Yeah, dude. I got. I still gotta get inside. Okay. Inside's twenty bucks. Yeah. It's not co-op. We'll we'll get them both before the end. The end. The end. <laughs> the end of PS4. Uh, the po- end of gaming. Pokemon Sun and Moon came out last week for eighteen forty each, or you can get a bundle that just has both games for eighty. What a fucking what, steal what of a deal, deal, Nintendo. Stealing the deal. Holy shit. And then these last two are Star Wars ones. You have Star Wars Battlefront, the Ultimate Edition, with all the DLC. Yeah. Good for you. Not for me. For me? Yeah. I'm not going to get it. Okay. It's 60 bucks. I already paid 40 bucks for that fucking game. That's true. Come on. And then with that comes the Star Wars Battlefront Rogue One VR DLC. God. Which is kind of cool. God damn. God damn, god damn, god damn. God damn. Are we, are we getting back in second? What? Battlefront? Battlefront. Uh, we got so, into it pretty hard. Yeah. A little while. I go back and forth and do it, and then I get back and forth into Overwatch a lot more. So yeah, Back and forth? I don't think there's any weaving away from it. <laughs> I think it's always there. Like The, the default is Overwatch, and other games are like guest stars. It, it's interesting for me because I've never had a game like that, a game that I've like continually went back to, a game that I've actually like put more time into into than you have, because usually you put more game time into games than me. But this one, it's like, now nah, I put the time in this one. And I'll probably keep putting time into it throughout the next year. I think there's one game that I played more than you played Overwatch. Mm. Noby Noby Boy. Shut up. Mm. <sighs> Quick flyby mention here. Backwards compatible Xbox One games. Doesn't do crazy. Got the top-down oh. action-heavy horror game, Dead Space Ignition, for five bucks. What the fuck is that? Uh, I don't know, man. It's, it was their attempt at doing something in between one and two. It's like an interactive comic with like the sort of puzzles you would see in like Bioshock. There goes EA, noting, knowing what we demand. Uh, and then Escape Dead Island for 20 bucks. Get the fuck out of here, Escape Dead Island. So. What the, the, I don't even know how that game got made. Right. Like, I do not know. They're like, this game's broken out of box. Yeah. Like, if, if the disc was scratched when you opened the box, it is a vast improvement than playing that game. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So we got all that. And then uh, big day coming up this week, big retail day. We got Black Friday. Oh, yeah. So I want to just kind of name drop some of the sales going on for all you listeners who... You, you do. doing the Black Friday-ness? Are you going out? Uh, I'm working it. I'm working 10 oh. to 5. Um, so I'll probably I'll probably head in ahead of time. 
Get yeah. some games and then clock in. Pick me up some games. No. Why not? Because when I asked you when you were at Target to pick me up a copy of Battlefield or this or that, you're like, no. I'm like, man. You, you didn't ask me at all. I did. I was like, you got free money, man. Give me a game. I got free money. <laughs> so you want, me, you, want me, you want me to go. Money ain't free. <laughs> Just because I got a free game out of that deal doesn't mean it had your name on it. Oh. <laughs> I didn't see Daniel written on a copy. <laughs> Son of a bitch. So maybe. I'll consider it. But this is exclusive to GameStop. Just note that right there. Not going on everywhere. Uh, first mentions, we got Arkham Knight, Mad Max, and Battlefront for 10 bucks. What the fuck? Yeah, man. I want Mad Max again. This game like, came out a year ago. Uh-huh. Like a little over a year ago. Like 10 bucks. I gave up on Mad Max too soon, I think. You really did. Came out on a weird time. You're going through some times there, so I don't, I, don't, I don't blame you for having to put it down. Thanks, buddy. I you like know. your pass. I like uh, you give me a pass. What else we got? We got... Mortal Kombat XL Doom and Dying Like the Following, 20 bucks. If I thought you would play it, I would severely recommend Mortal Kombat, but I don't think you're going to play it. I might, but just not not right now. <laughs> not uh, right now. What is he doing right now? What is he doing right now? Don't worry about it. What is he doing right I'm, now? We got Fall Games coming out. We got Fall Games coming out. Yeah, I got Final Fantasy. That's true. Final Fantasy is next Last week. Guardians. That's next week. You're right. So Nothing's happening. Don't, don't worry you're about right. it. You're right. You're moving and shaking. I like it. Uh, other deals we got going on. We got Xbox One S bundle. Uh, 500 gig. 250, pretty awesome. Not and bad. then uh, Gears of War, one terabyte for 300. Cool. Sick. Get some free games with that controller. This, that. Good deals on some new games here. Uh, mm. Skyrim, 30 bucks. Shit. Well, I'm new old, I guess. XCOM 2, 30 bucks. Shit. Shit. And these ones, I really like this. Witcher Complete Edition. The whole fucking thing. The whole, the whole shebang? Tale, 30 bucks. 30 bucks. The whole nine yards the starring whole Bruce Willis. The whole nine yards starring Bruce Willis and whoever else is Amanda Pete. Um, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Dark Souls 2, 20. Okay. Or 3, I'm sorry. Dark Souls 3. Oh, you, I was about to be like, who the fuck cares? Yeah, okay. 3? That's, that's oh, what it looks like. Shit. Now, now you're talking. Now I'll actually finally go buy it. That gets a that gets a save room recommendation. That, Dark Souls 3, right? That's there. going on my end of the year list, for sure. Yeah, because you're just like checking it out for like five months straight, right? That's like a, a few weeks. Yeah. Five months straight. Beat the shit out of it. You did. I was there. Prices on games that came out like last month. Mafia 3. Battlefield 1, Titanfall 2, FIFA, NHL 17, 40 bucks. 40 bucks each, huh? And then the big one that I'm stoked on, this is so What's good, up? the Modern Warfare. Uh, what is it? Modern <laughs> Warfare, Infinite Warfare bundle, 60? Like, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, give me that for 20 the bucks. The Legacy Edition. Hell yeah, my guy. I haven't revisited Modern Warfare too much. If you pick that up, I'll play it with you. We'll play it together? Yes. Uh, I need to get a hard drive first because that you said it's 100 gig install. Yes. No. For both games. No. Absolutely it is. I need time for that. I think it's like 120. That's disgusting. Yeah, it was disgusting. I like, did. I have a two terabyte, and when I put that game in, it was like, you need to clear some space. I was like, are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? What? I can't believe I hit that wall of, of two fucking Terries. Yeah, that's crazy. Ooh. Ooh. And when did you get your hard drive? Like, like last year? year? Oh, wow. Damn. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, like last summer I did it. Uh, what else we got here? Far Cry Primal, 25, Gears of War 4. Four thirty-five. Sick. Get the whole Batman Telltale collection for fifteen bucks. Not bad. Sick. I got a cool three for twenty deal on pre-owned games. <laughs> Seeing Titanfall, Gears of War, Evil Within. Little titles here and there that you can just pick up. Yeah. Um, Overwatch of fancy. Thirty-five bucks. Oh shit! People haven't gotten it on it yet. If you haven't, if you haven't jumped into the watch, your watch starts now. Boom. Ugh. Battleborn. Ten bucks. Ten bucks for Battleborn, huh? <laughs> Goodness. So we're 10 away from free-to-play. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's so close. 
Uh, that's that's like a one of those morbid curiosity titles. Yeah. Like for ten bucks, if you want to see what the fuck people were talking about, instead of just yeah, joining okay. the echo chamber of trashing it, go ahead. I think that this is the time when I get that and probably No Man's Sky because I fucking get No Man's Sky for like fifteen bucks. I really, really, really advise you not to just get wait. No Man's Sky. Just wait for them both to be free to play. I don't want you to wait at all for either of those titles. I want <laughs> you to forget they existed. I want you to move on from them. I want you to learn a lesson, but then move on from them. I, you know me. Nope. I don't learn. No, I thought I knew you until the Beanie Babies happened. <laughs> <laughs> you found a new friend in Steg. Steggy! Okay. Uh, oh, it is just Steg, isn't it? Yeah, it's just Steg. Fuck! Okay. <laughs> You're gonna pick up a PS4 this year. You can save fifty bucks, get one for two fifty. The Uncharted collection for four hundred gigs, five hundred gigs. I'm sorry. Uh, Naughty Dog doesn't know how to make a single fucking game, so why would you want that? True enough. You wanna get Guitar Hero Live with me, man? Fifty bucks, Supreme Party Edition. Get it comes with two guitars. It was going to be a hard pass <laughs> until you said the Supreme Party Edition. <laughs> it is arguably the worst. That's a hard guitar pass. Hero. That's a hard pass. Um, and then the only other one I want to mention here is uh, Bioshock Ultimate Rapture Edition, forty bucks. Good deal. Get it? Yeah, those Good games deal. are awesome. If Brilliant you haven't games. played them, Brilliant games. Uh, yes, yeah, so this is your local GameStop ad. It's good until uh, from Thursday until Sunday. So check it out. Yeah, for the most part, other. Uh, I mean, you'll see a surprise deal that oh. Walmart does out of nowhere. It's like, oh, Skyrim's fucking fifteen bucks out of nowhere, you know. But what, what do we got? I forgot about this one. This one, one I talked about uh, before with the Destiny collection. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff for thirty five bucks, man. Thirty five? Yeah, all of it. All of it. It's the the most recent collection that came out with like Taken King, okay. Rise of Wolves. I need to pick up Iron. Uh, Rise of Iron. Yeah, that's what it is. Rise of Iron. House of Wolves, Rise of Iron, and yes. Taken King. Yes, 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 so, pretty awesome. So then we're out with that. Oh, what's that, Steg? Topic time. Oh, Steg. Thanks for keeping us on track. Oh my god, we we tend to get off the rails sometimes. Though. He's our new producer. I like it. Yeah. Do I you mean, have to pay him? No. <laughs> God, no. We don't pay ourselves. There's, we're losing money doing podcasts. We are. I don't even know how we're losing money, but we are. What's our topic, dude? Well, we kind of scrambled for a bit, but then... <laughs> Every and week. We, yeah, we usually come up with the topic like the hour before, the, day, the day before at least. Um, usually halfway through the podcast... We think of it. That's why we're just frantically writing notes and pausing right. the recording process. Um, and so, hitting the table. So you told me mm-hmm. last week that it was uh, the anniversary, the 15th anniversary of the original Xbox, right? I think I did say that. That's what you dropped on me. And then not <laughs> too soon after. Fact checking. The 10 year anniversary of the PS3. That's correct. And then later after that, what do we have? 15 years of the GameCube. So we thought, since this is our 10th episode, we okay. got all these other anniversaries, that we would just do a fun little anniversary episode of sorts. What do you want to start with here? You want to go want to talk you know, chronologically. I, I can't really carry... So we have to start with Xbox. Yeah, I can't really carry that mantle. I didn't own an Xbox. Xbox original? Mm-hmm. Definitely not. I had a neighbor that had an Xbox original. Do you have any memories with it? I fond memories. It, it uh, took us some walks on the beach. Uh, took, <laughs> took us to the social Bought to get gelato. some soda pop. <laughs> no, I, I had a, when I was living in Fort Lauderdale, I had a buddy. Uh, he had an Xbox original. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the story. It was a good story. Right? <laughs> no, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> we've had ourselves a save room accident. Um, apparently Daniel has decided to collapse his chair. Oh my god, I just fell through that chair. Yeah, you really did. That was nuts. Holy shit. 
That's okay. Hold on. I'll just reposition it real quick. The ghost of Bill Gates. Stag, how against you, us? You betrayed me. Stag, you really need to get on the ball with this kind of shit. Well, was... A producer needs to make sure that his talent is not falling through chairs. Oh my God. I think he wants to replace me. <laughs> he was trying to harm you. Yeah. We're gonna get back on track. <laughs> We're gonna get back on track. Okay. We're gonna keep all of We're that. Gonna, I'm gonna keep that. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would go over to this dude's house. His name was Neil. Shout out to Neil. Neil, if you're out there. Uh, I know you're doing well. I know you follow me on Facebook. He actually lives in Orlando. Hmm. We've tried to link up once, and that fell apart. And that might have been three years ago. <laughs> link up like how? Like little baby trucks? No, link up. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> like monkeys in a barrel, where you can where somebody else could swing us around. Okay. A large child, maybe. I would play his Xbox. We would play some co-op games. I remember he had Halo, of course. That was my introduction to Halo. Um, showed me the story first, and I was kind of digging on that. I was like, oh, it's like Starship Troopers, but without all the grab-ass and the, and the what is his name, uh, Cal Busey. Uh, what, what, what's Gary Busey's kids? Jake Busey, there we go. Okay. I don't know why I went to Cal first. Uh, <laughs> you go places sometimes. And that was cool. That was neat. Uh, there was another game that stand out, stood out to me. I know it was on PS2, but I liked it way more than the Xbox. Mm-hmm. was uh, Hunter the Reckoning. You remember it was kind of like this isometric demon hunting game? You can play as like a like a badass priest okay. that had a crossbow. Or you play as this dual-wielding college student that's okay. going around. She's like a chick going around. I've heard her. of it. it oh, I wish they would bring it back. That would be a great game. Um, so for Xbox, I always felt... I know this wasn't true, but I always felt it kind of... Lag behind in the race. You know, PS2 obviously being on top. Mm-hmm. And then there being GameCube. Because I just thought the quality of games was fucking great in GameCube. I think a lot of people argue that. Who the fuck would argue about the quality of games on the GameCube? Who are these people? No, they, they, like I'm saying, they argue for it. Like, oh, they, that okay. had some of the best games. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to come at you like that chair. No, you really um, did, though. <laughs> I came out, I was like, who's... <laughs> yeah, I heard it all wrong. <laughs> uh, and then Xbox, uh, you know, they... they they got a lot of the third-party games, and yeah, they looked better on the Xbox, but mm. it was just like, I, there wasn't there wasn't a compelling reason for me to get the Xbox. Okay. Uh, Halo wasn't enough. I mean, Halo that, wasn't that, enough? That was their killer fucking app. Absolutely. Okay. I can't argue that. Halo wasn't enough for me. Um, it was cool. I liked playing it. He would always play it on a big screen. Um, I didn't get an Xbox until 360, and I appreciated the things that Xbox Original did, especially for... Uh, creating kind of an online ecosystem, mm-hmm. you know, like Xbox Live was a big fucking deal. I remember they were like shipping Xbox Live headsets with copies of Halo Two. That's cool. Because the first Halo wasn't even online; you only land that shit. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Part Two was uh, live, but I don't remember very many other games that really killed an Xbox Live. I can't name another one besides Halo. I really can't. I'm so hard pressed. Brute Force. For the, for the early Xbox 360 years? The, no, no. For the original, original Xbox? Xbox, dude. Because Xbox Live was on the original Xbox. I don't, see, I don't remember that. I don't know. To a point where they didn't shut down Halo 2's online servers until like maybe like three years ago. Oh, wow. Like, it was crazy. Where it was just like, people are still playing this? Like, yeah, they're pretty dedicated. Hmm. What the fuck? <laughs> but it, maybe, it, maybe I do have some actually um, some Xbox memories then. Because I, yeah. I, don't, I don't recall what system Halo 2 originally was on. Did it port... To the 360? Um, no, it ported to... You could play it on 360. Okay. It was backwards compatible, but it originally came out on Xbox. Okay. Xbox Ridge. Because I remember doing LAN parties with my buds um, the summer after I graduated high school, and I don't remember if it was via 360s or on, like, original Xboxes, but we would just link up and have, like, groups of, like, four to, like, 16 people just playing Halo together. Yeah. 
I mean, LAN was like a big part of it too, mm-hmm. uh, with the original Xbox. Like people, you know, for some reason it was like the king of college, college dorms. It was the original Xbox. I don't understand that really because I was like PS2 is so ubiquitous, but it's like I guarantee you, at least like forty to fifty percent of people that bought a PS2 bought it for the DVD. The DVD player. That's one of the reasons I got mine. And Xbox For fucked sure. up on that, if you remember. You had to buy the remote and the dongle in order to use it as a DVD player. You couldn't use your controller for it. Really? Yeah. It was some shit. <laughs> That's some fucky shit. It was man. so fucky. I didn't know that. It was. Um, but you could hack that shit so hard. You could mm-hmm. mod it. You could, like I, I knew a buddy of mine had an uh, Xbox original that was just loaded with like the whole catalog of Super Nintendo games. I remember. I was. Uh, I remember that fuck? actually. Yeah, and then the thing that blew my mind was that you could put music on onto the hard drive mm-hmm. and like sometimes play it during games. And I was like, what? Like that. That's where I fell in love with that idea. Okay. On 360, that's all I was doing was playing fucking yeah. my background music, like linking uh, streaming shit from my computer straight to the Xbox mm-hmm. or saving things to like literal CDs because it could burn CDs. The 360. That's right. Yeah, it was amazing. 360 was amazing. Xbox, I think they they were trying to find their legs. And mm. if it weren't for Halo, we would be laughing about Microsoft being in the console space. Mm. I, I I can. They made such a good first impression. Solemnly that. say that without the legacy of Halo and the draw that it had to that system, there would be no Xbox today. Mm. So, okay. better respect. Uh, what do we got? GameCube? GameCube. Yeah. This we can we can we can choose some fat on GameCube. So what was your first encounter? With my GameCube? first encounter with the GameCube was. Um, Via my uncle, he had gotten one. Um, he was kind of falling out of playing video games at that point, but he got one for some reason. I don't know if it was because like New Zelda or whatever. Um, but he got it, and I remember around the time it came out, uh, Wind Waker, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, was a big thing that they were pushing in marketing. And I remember right. feeling really weird about it, like, oh, this weird like cel-shaded game. I hadn't seen too many like that at the time, um, and I was kind of weary about it. But then I um, I used to babysit for him. Like, he and his wife, they'd go out, and I'd watch, like, um, my cousin, essentially. And I would, when, after I put her to sleep, I would play Wind Waker. And I think I started it there, and I ended up beating it over the course of that summer. Um, hands down, one of the best Zeldas I've ever played, too. Uh, from from the first point of expectation, like, oh, I'm not really going to enjoy this, too. Holy shit, this is so substantial and so great. Wind Waker. Yeah. Yeah, Wind Waker was that fucking... That game is so solid. It was good. It was really good. I think I, like you, I was put off by the visuals too. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's funny how it's like sometimes you can be affected by like this echo chamber that forms around certain games or mm-hmm. critique of games. And, you know, I wasn't online or anything at that time, even though, you know, the internet was coming into prominence yeah. then. But I was still like, I was one of the households that didn't have a fucking computer still. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I would just hear whatever kids were saying at school. And like, you know, the most surfacey immediate comment about that game was just like, it looks like a baby's game. It looks like shit. Yeah. It looks fucking ugly. And it's just like, it's, but it's hard to like, you know, what what is this, 2002 it came out? 2003 maybe? Yeah, I think two or three. It's hard for a middle schooler to really give it a analyze kind of look that's true but kind of take a step back and be like let me look at the artistry of this game no it's just everything's surface from where i was coming from yeah it was all very surfacey but i was coming yeah. off of like majora's mask which came out in like 2000 that had such a dark tone to it through yeah. through and the see this it felt like i don't know like a 180 like what is this weird campy game everything's bright the animation's kind of weird but no there were some dark undertones that sense of exploration and gameplay was like so refined i liked it because it was <laughs> nintendo just kind of like we're gonna take this where we want to take it. Yeah, you know, we're artists. Like they, they, that there's still that kind of notion, that kind of uh, I guess call to arms going mm-hmm. on 
in Japanese game development was like, we know what the fuck we're doing. We're on top of the world. We're going to make this this way. You know, there, was, there, there wasn't this, like, you know, fucking, like, the fans didn't like this? Well, we're going to change it. Like, none of that bullshit. They came out of the door and, like, look, it looks like a fucking cartoon. Deal with it. It's our best one. <laughs> I think know? since then, um, a lot of what that game established, the series is stuck with, I think, in terms of, like, fighting animations mm-hmm. and, um, like, knockouts with enemies... What they did in that game has been in every game since, essentially. Right. Um, I don't know, like, if you can even really not pick at all. up what I, I'm saying. I dropped up right after Wind Waker. I did not play Twilight Princess, although that was them fucking backing up on their guns, just going yeah. like, "Here's that realistic Zelda you guys wanted." <sighs> and it was good. Yeah, I just, I just honestly felt like they didn't want to make it that way. You looking up stuff? I'm looking up something from Wind Waker, but you can keep talking. Fuck Wind Waker. Anyway. Um, Another game that was I was kind of in the same ballpark that people mm-hmm. were kind of slapping at, and I didn't understand why, because when I played it, I was like, oh, no, this game has totally proved itself mm-hmm. to me, was Super Mario Sunshine. Okay. I remember buying that shit the day it came out. Mm-hmm. I I don't even know why. I don't know what fucking encouraged <laughs> me to get it. Like, as soon as it came out, I was just like, it looks awesome. Mm-hmm. I saw G- Game Pro says it's awesome. I'm going to fucking get it. Nintendo Power's raving yeah, about it. Nintendo Power <laughs> raving about everything. It, it, it could rave about... I remember there was a story about the N64 like survived an earthquake and it had a copy of Quake 64 in there and they wow. fucking were just like, that's the power of Nintendo! <laughs> uh, no, it's Mario Sunshine, a lot of people are riding on that too. They're like, that's, that's just such a weird follow-up to mm-hmm. Mario 64. Like, what what are they doing? What yeah. the fu- it, dude, that is one of the best Mario games. In fact, that I've is heard. my favorite 3D Mario game. Okay. My favorite. Wow. Yeah, over 64... Over Galaxy. Get your fucking Galaxy out of here. Even more than Luigi's Mansion? Keep your eyes to the sky. Me? I'm going to be soaking in the sun. I'm going to be cleaning up. I'm going to be cleaning up this weird goop. <laughs> this this Bowser goop okay. <laughs> that's everywhere. While my fucking evil counterpart is running around with a large brush wrecking <laughs> shit. Don't know why, but I'll chase that son of a bitch down. I'll stick my flood unit in his mouth, and I will keep on pumping until his lungs burst. It's what I told myself as I played this game. Wow, dude. Some dark <laughs> thoughts as a, as a lad. I had to entertain myself a lot. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I know the same. I remember getting the GameCube. I didn't get it at release. I don't. I, I, I think I got it like a few months afterward. I mm-hmm. think I got it like, yeah, for my birthday, I remember. Okay. So I got it, if it came out in November of 2001, I got it when I turned 12 in April. Okay. Uh, and I did this thing where... I've, I've told you about this, where I always feel like sheepish, like sheepish as shit. Oh, fuck, man. My tongue twisters aren't helping Sheepish right as shit. Sheepish as shit. <laughs> when I'm buying shit with my dad, because my dad is like, he's a curmudgeon, mm-hmm. pretty much. I mean, he's a great guy. Like, he's funny and shit. But when it came to, like, spending money or dragging him to a toy store, this dude would be like, ah, I want to die. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he would make you feel that. His aura would be red, and you would feel the heat. And so I didn't want to be like, oh, yeah, well, uh, it's it's not just the $200 system we have to buy. And he'll be like, what the shit? What else do you need? Like, he feels like he, like any new like piece of information I give him in the store <laughs> is me bamboozling the dude. <laughs> like, he'll be in the middle of the store like, god damn, you, you want, does that, I need to get some insurance for this thing, too? <laughs> so when I had to tell him, like, okay, well, I need a memory card. Uh-huh. What the shit for? They can play games without it, right? I'm like, well, yeah, but I can't save my games. And, like, that idea in itself. <laughs> like, this is a dude that reads nothing but John Grisham novels and 
Like his his idea of joy is going out to his patio, sitting down with the newspaper and throwing throwing on the Marlins game. Okay, this is his world. <laughs> so for me to be like, well, when you save your game, it's like bookmarking your progress. Okay, and he's like, what the what the shit? You <laughs> 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 related most relatable term, Sammy. I was trying so hard. Oh my God. So I ended up with a memory card. I ended up with. Uh, the console, mm-hmm. and I ended up with one game because I didn't want to push my fucking luck. Okay. Unfortunately for 12-year-old Kevin, who had no taste for some reason, because mm. um, I think this was right before I started getting into the game pros and shit, uh, I, <laughs> I got a copy, because the cover stood out to me, of a game called Universal Studios Adventure, um, where it's literally you go around... You mentioned this. ...the Universal theme park uh-huh. as like little, like, you know, kind of cutesy characters, yeah. like a boy and a girl. And you go solve movie trivia based on such universal hits as Backdraft and Psycho. But not King Kong. I think there's a mention of King Kong. Is there? I'm not sure. They did the 70s one. Uh, And then there's like these mini games where you get in the Back to the Future DeLoreans and Mm -hmm. do a race. And that's it. There's no no more to that. Okay. It's just, that's all you do. It's just a race. You just race. (laughs) And then there's a Jurassic Park one, which that was my my fucking jam. Uh Uh-huh. Where you're in the jeep and you're with a Gatling gun shooting down like a hundred raptors, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's that's it. So I this game entertained me for all of like maybe twenty five minutes, wow. and it was my only GameCube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it took a couple of weeks before it was just like my dad was just like, "What the fuck is this?" Like I think he walked in and saw it, and he was like, this "Why doing this?" Doesn't look fun. I was like, "It's not very fun." He was like. Why did we get this then? I was like, I don't want to bother you. <laughs> I don't want to be grounded. <laughs> yeah, so we ended, I ended up getting like Smash Brothers and a few other games okay. after that. It was pretty awesome. Um, but the reason that I got the GameCube, I want to say, was because Resident Evil. I remember seeing it. Uh, I remember reading it somewhere. We were just like, by the way, they're remaking Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. And there's no screenshots. There's no information. Oh, it literally was just a title. And that's it. And I bought the GameCube because of that. Because I was like, that sounds promising. Yeah. <laughs> Just the name. <laughs> Could have never come. <laughs> and it was a good choice, man. Got some fucking hits. I yeah. got the Resident Evil remake. Zero. I actually don't give a fuck about Zero. Part 4? Yeah. Part 4 was legendary. Okay? Really? Though. It really was. I got that game when it fucking came out. So oh, shit. All night playing that fucking game, dude. When did that come out? That came out in 2005. Okay. Or four. Damn. I think it was five. I played that well after the fact. Yeah, probably. I played it in like 2007. Did you play it on the GameCube? Yeah. Okay. Because I still had, I didn't have very many games for my GameCube, but I remember I was hanging out with this kid that I met at my job um, named Arthur. Shout out to Arthur. Um, Arthur. He he had a GameCube as well, and he was raving about Resident Evil. I was like, I've never really played them. He's like, oh man, you got to play one and you have to play four, which are the two you know, that came out for the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll check them out. And like, I, you know, I didn't really play many shooters like that. Um, cause prior I had the N64, I played a lot of platformers, a lot of racing games, a lot of whatever. Played a lot of bullshit. No, fuck a lot, you. A lot no. of kitty childish bullshit. And then right? PS2, I played a lot of like RPGs and stuff like that. So when I got a lot of weeby bullshit, gotcha. when I, this, I, I never played gotcha. like a really traditional, like third person type shooter. Mm-hmm. So I started with the first Resident Evil and you know, they throw you in the Spencer mansion and I had a lot, I, cool. I had trouble with it. I don't know if I was just kind of scared of it's it because I knew it was just kind of scary. And then some of the puzzle elements at the time they were like just a little too abstract for me, and I couldn't wrap my head around what I was supposed to be doing and the sense of backtracking. So I was like, whatever. And then I heard that four was a little more actiony. I fucking burned through that game so fast, dude. I ended up playing it like three or four times, 
getting all the costumes, getting like all the upgrades I could get for all my weapons. Dude, awesome. I, I can have a whole topic about part four because so good. I think it's one. It's a landmark game. Yeah. People try to sleep on this fact that it is always in the, like the fucking top fifty list. Actually, I would say top twenty five. Resident Evil Four always ranks. Always ranks. Even even above one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, this game is actually important, too. Like, it just yeah. fucking changed action games. When I first played it, I was like, the one thing that struck me so hard was, I have not played a game like this. Same. I've not played a this game like this. Literally before. the first game I'd ever played like this. I was like, holy shit. I haven't played a, a shooter like this ever. I haven't even, I haven't played a Resident Evil like this. Mm-hmm. It was just fucking crazy. It was great. I'm so glad the GameCube got it. Um, yeah, of all systems. I don't think it was a good thing for Resident Evil, though. Because they eventually had to jump ship. Yeah. I remember the sales being pretty goddamn low on, on GameCube. But that was a smash critical success anyway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then they had 10 ports of the game. Uh, how did you feel about the controller? I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a lot of use out of that controller. Yeah. Um, and I went through a lot of different controllers. Because I, I would play Smash with my, um, my friends in high school and college like, every day. So I got a lot of wear and tear on those controllers. But I thought they were small. They were a little more form-fitting than the N64. So, I don't know. I didn't mind it so much. I thought uh, the shoulder pads were good. It's just an awful control. The, the face buttons. The N64. No, yeah. The N64. The, the face buttons on the GameCube controller were a little different for me. Cause I don't like the B button. Yeah. What is this tiny little button? Why is it so tiny? Mm-hmm. Why is A so much bigger? Right? Why is there no symmetry? <laughs> uh, no, yeah. So there was like a, it was a, a lot of a nub? In, yeah, right. A lot of incongruencies yeah. on that controller. But it's fine. I like the C stick. It had advantages to it in certain games. But it it felt fine. I liked it. It worked really well, yeah. and I think a lot of people love the shit out of it because I mean, just just to uh, prove the point, they're still selling GameCube controllers for, for your Wii yeah. or your Wii U, uh, so you can play Smash. I'm not gonna fucking sell N64 controllers. People truly, truly refuse to play Smash Brothers any other way, especially Melee. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, There's yeah. no other way to play it but with a game. You're not gonna get somebody to try to use the fucking uh, the Wii controller or anything for that shit. Um, I was mad respect to it. Mm-hmm. I just always had problems with the shoulder buttons because they like did this double click thing. Yeah. Like they would go down and then they, they depressed like, really they, heavily. Yeah, and it was just so jarring. And sometimes I, I get my finger pinched a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> in the little crevice there. Wow. Yeah, it, it's a shocking experience to go through <laughs> when you're trying to clean up uh, Isle Delfino. Fuck. <laughs> so, um, a lot of great memories of the GameCube. I have so many good memories with the GameCube, and I ended up getting that before PS2. I didn't get PS2 until late. I would say until I was like maybe 2003, 2004. That shit had been out since 99, late 99. Yeah. Um, I, got, I got my PS2 in, I think, 2002. Yeah, so you might have a PS2 before I did, to be honest I did. with you. Um, I love the PS2, mm-hmm. to, to the point where there's, there's just such a collection of games on the PS2 where I was just like, fuck, dude, I, it buried the GameCube in my yeah. mind. Sad to say, but I think the quality was there for GameCube. Anything else you want to... Why are the discs so small? Uh, right, that was one of the, like, <laughs> the most interesting and off-putting things about the Sims. Like, okay, it's a system that's fucking like a cube-shaped suitcase. And these little micro-discs, like what? I don't understand what they hear doing. them doing their work every time you fucking close. And them. they ensured that it couldn't play DVDs at that point, which was something a lot of people were looking for because yeah. they were like, "Well, Xbox and PS2 do it. <laughs> how come you don't do it?" Like that's just how Nintendo's always been, and I think that kind of that started with the N64, dude, where everyone was like, "We need to move on to discs because mm-hmm. you can put more shit on it," and they were like cartridges, <laughs> always are, daring to be different. Are you? Sh- they lost Square Enix, man. 
they, yeah, they, they lost that entire generation's fucking collection of uh, RPGs, some of the most important, the most important RPGs ever made. Mm-hmm. And N64 didn't fucking have. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, Nintendo's been like that, man. Um, but we got another one on the docket here. Are we done with the GameCube, man? Do you have any more memories for it? I have so many memories of it, man. It is important. I, I want to I talk about, because uh, there are a lot of great games. We talk about our Resident Evils, Amnesia, yeah. fucking the, the Zelda games. All these GameCube Double games. Double Dash, Amnesia, all that stuff. <laughs> but for some reason, the, the game that like I always went back to for mm-hmm. the GameCube, because I couldn't play it anywhere else, was Super Smash Bros. Melee. Okay. Like, I don't know if it was the, the console itself. It felt more portable than any other console, so I brought it with me everywhere. That handle. Yeah, that... That helped a little bit. Yeah. So I would bring it to school with me, like senior year of high school. No, uh, yeah. did you? I had, yeah, I had AP classes, um, and it was, I don't even know if it was necessarily towards the end of the year, but it was when, like, my AP government teacher kind of knew we knew what we were doing, and he already taught us all we needed for the AP exam. So it, it had to be, like, <laughs> an April smart. or so. So he was like, you know what, whatever. So I asked him, I was like, hey, Infinger, can I bring my GameCube? Can what the fuck was his name? Infinger. Infinger? M- Mr. Infinger. I forget his first name. Great guy. Ah, awesome right. teacher. We're, we're gonna but uh, he, he kind of gave up hope on us at a certain point. I would give up hope on my life if my name was Aimfinger. So he would allow us to play Super Smash Brothers on the TV that you had to roll out, essentially, for like the morning announcements. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> so, I remember you get excited yep. when that TV came out, but yep. you didn't have to do shit. It was awesome. So we would, we would spend like yeah. the last half of the hour playing there. I would bring it into the auditorium. We would play it um, during dress rehearsals or Sick. like waiting to go on stage during like plays and stuff. Right on, right Brought on. it with me everywhere. And then like it was a huge part of like the the land circles. Like I remember when kids were playing Halo in one room, we'd have the GameCube in the other. Other, we would play like Stock Lives or however like time limit. And then usually whoever won got to keep the controller, and then everybody else got to basically switch out. Okay. Yeah. Sick. It was it was fun. That is fun. It's very communal. I didn't have these communal experiences growing up with video games, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Which is probably why I'm still like weird about multiplayer, like online today, yeah. where I'm just like, oh, other people around the world to play games with? Hoorah! No, I'm like, I, get the fuck away from me. I'm weird about it online, but I had such a, a culture of like playing local couch games with mm-hmm. my friends like since that N64 and even before that. There's that, there's that dividing uh, line between you and me. Mm-hmm. Friends. <laughs> Didn't have any fucking friends growing up. Oh, man. Yeah, my friends were masturbating and playing Resident Evil 2 again. Again. Mm-hmm. Finding out all the secrets. Both of my friends. Wow. <laughs> and watching Jeff Goldblum films. Yeah. Sounds pretty solid. All of them. It was a solid. It's really telling of your adult. I recommend Vibes. Yeah? Yeah. You ever heard of that one? No. <laughs> so obscure. What about um, Earth Girls Are Easy? That, that's not even that obscure. Well, I mean, I'm just asking. Oh, it was what good. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm about it. Absolutely. Jim Carrey shows up out of nowhere. It's so great. good. He's great. It was great. It was a great movie. Uh, <laughs> trying to think. Anything else in the GameCube that kind of stood out for me? Um, I like that I was able to play Ocarina again. Yes. Right it came out the Master the Quest Master Quest was fucking great. When all the maps were basically reversed and the puzzles were a little harder. Right. It was good, cool. good time for Zelda. Really, though? Do. had four swords. Right. Because there wasn't really any divisive Zelda games on that system. No. Like, I mean, you can make some cases against both games in one way or another, but I think it just generally became where Wind Waker was like, nah, nah, you're right, it was really good, I was being an idiot. <laughs> like, that's the, the consensus. I can't even make any strong arguments against Twilight Princess, except, well, it maybe felt like too much like Ocarina. Of that, that's actually the only That's the I've only really bad thing I can say. Well, they were just like, game. they just kind of hemmed really close to what Ocarina did. Yeah. I mean, but then again, that was them just going like, so you hated Wind Waker, right? You bitched about it so hard. Mm-hmm. Here's our mature-looking Zelda... Uh, game and uh, it 
it's kind of like your favorite Zelda game. How come the kids aren't going nuts? But they ended I, up fucking porting that. I love that twice. one though. I think yeah. the the dungeons in that game in particular were yeah. some of the best. Like sweet dungeons. The dungeon. Dungeons. <laughs> <laughs> is, yeah. is that for GameCube? You got it. You have it in the bag. I mean, I feel like we have a lot to say about the PS3, so we'll let it take the stage for the end here. Okay, let's make. This- <laughs> <laughs> you like deep in thought. Like, huh. I was just, just thinking about the PS3 a little bit. So it's so, been ten years. But we haven't had it the entire time. No. Uh, I remember my first glimpses of it in like 2007, 2008. That same buddy Arthur got me on Resident Evil. He had one. He had one of the old ass ones, the bulky one with the gloss on it. Ones that used to like overheat. Is this the guy that would get drunk at movie theaters? Yes. Okay. I'll get drunk on that. I'm sure. It's a good time. Okay. In our uh, <laughs> truant days, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> so he had one. He had, I think, like two or three games for it. Um, he had Heavenly Sword. Which made two hours of fun. Awesome use of the six access. Like he, I saw him like fucking steering and shit. I was like, oh, that's so rad. <laughs> He's like just fucking directing this arrow yeah. through a level. Uh, he had Call of Duty Modern Warfare, uh, which I'd play with him, and I was so bad at because okay. we would do like local like one versus one, and he was just he was good at shooters, and I wasn't because I hadn't like stepped into that realm yet. He just murdered me every round. But I learned a lot about shooters from that experience and from him. So. So you owe it all to him. All to Arthur, my boy. You wouldn't play Overwatch if weren't for Arthur. No, I mean, essentially the stuff that I learned playing with him like eight, nine years ago, I use in Overwatch. Look at that. Yeah, shoot where they go, you know? Always reload. (laughs) (laughs) Things like that. that These are the things that they actually prompt you in the loading screens. (laughs) You you do realize. I learned all the hot tips. Um, but the big one the big one for me like the the, the biggest starting point uh with the ps3 for me yeah was rock band excuse me yeah that's where i first played rock band really yeah okay yeah that was that was a 360 uh thing for me because mm-hmm. I, I started the guitar here too went to rock band in 360 um interesting mm-hmm. interesting so much fun yeah what'd you play like did you play guitar did played you play guitar yeah bass I play guitar and bass. It depends on the song. Yeah. I like it. Bon Jovi. Uh, I play guitar, of course. Was this on the PS3 Bat? The Bat? The old one. Yeah, the the first one. The one that you said, like, the... It would do the yellow light? The yellow light of death. Yep. Right. A lot of people made a big stink about the red light of death, but nope. PS3 had its own uh, heating malfunction. Yeah. It just... It could have been a multitude of problems. It <laughs> really could have been bad. fucking anything. It could have been that like a plane came too close to your house that day and it just went <laughs> yellow light. Fuck. Fucked. The trip set melted. <laughs> like what? What happened? Like ah, yeah. oh, fucking microwave a hot popping <laughs> destroyed my PS3. Boom, yellow light. Yeah, because they used to repair them uh, when I was working at this mom and pop shop. Uh, they were a bitch. When they come in, like, they always... Play and trade. You always, like, say mom and pop shop. It's a mom and pop Just shop. call it play and trade, man. They call won't it what know. It Who cares? They won't know what it is. I can name Some it people anything. know. I can say it's fucking Fiddle Mario. <laughs> Glitching Gears. Glitching Gears. Okay. Glitching Gears? Yeah, I don't know. I like it. Gretchen Mole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they could have been any problem with these PS3s, too, because when you open it up, it they... they of the fat ones, they did like three to four different revisions, like entirely. We're mm-hmm. like, all right, they just started like fucking stripping parts out when they realized they were selling these things at a loss. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they were like, ah, oh, we need to kind of cut down on the USBs. Because like, I think when they initially started, they had like four USBs or something. Something egregious. 
And then they just started narrowing down <laughs> and then taking away. All right. I remember the very first ones had an SD card reader. Okay. Gone. Hmm. Gone. Don't Didn't read that. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, a little thing called uh, PS2 backwards compatibility. That I remember. That was a big thing. And then they took it away. Took it the fuck away. By the time we got ours, yeah. <clears throat> didn't have it. And they made so many mistakes. Like, I didn't... It's so funny to look at Sony now mm-hmm. with the PS2, PS4 era and then look at them at the beginning of PS3. Mm-hmm. And they came out of the gate saying all sorts of crazy shit where they're like, oh, we don't mind selling it for $600. Yeah, that initial price point was fucking obscene. And they literally like were just like, I, I forget who, one of the heads I was working there, I'm sure he's gone now, uh, said that, you know, our, our player base, 600 is not a big deal to them. They, they don't mind getting a second job. To afford this. Somebody said that? Yeah. It was just like, <laughs> what kind of cocksure bullshit are you fucking cooking up in Japan where you think this is going to fly? Jeez. And then, you know, uh, 360 already had a year on them. Mm. as a cheaper price point, too. It just, ugh. It was, it was a death blow. And honestly, we could not be talking about PlayStation right now if they continued that trajectory. But they fucking turned it the hell around. Around the halfway point. That's yeah, mid console. I would say they didn't become fucking very uh, verifiable until the Slim came out. When the Slim came out, suddenly they just changed their online infrastructure, PSN completely. Mm-hmm. Which is like, okay, now they're trying to fight with Xbox Live Arcade. Mm-hmm. Like they have these cool exclusives coming out. They have these quirky games, but there's a lot of love put into these yeah. games. There's, there's, uh, they're, they're really baked. They're baked and they're set free, and it's like, damn. Like the exclusives, like the Sony mm-hmm. exclusives were good, and then the, even the indie games, same thought, same heart. Right. It's like Sony's really uh, creating a very, it's just such a different experience than what I'm expecting. Because like where 360 was leaning towards more mainstream multiplayer, yeah, shooters. That's our vibe. Mm-hmm. Always online. Sony was just like, well, we should have some really good story games. Mm-hmm. Like, we should start. And Uncharted came in out of nowhere, you know? Like, the Uncharted Last of Us 2, came in. 3, fucking great. Last of Us at the tail end of Generation, where to this day, I'm just like, that game looked like it was already a PS4 game. Yeah. It, it looked like it was a PC game. I could not believe the amount of processing power they squeezed out of the fucking PS3 to make that game. You would not believe it. You're like, what am I looking at? It it almost makes me sad that it took that long for developers to finally figure out what the fuck to do with the cell processor, Mm -hmm. which was the biggest hurdle with the PS3, was that when third parties were making games, it was so hard to make a 360 and PS3 game. Because it was just like, well, the fucking architecture is so different, mm-hmm. so so much more intricate on PS3. Yeah. And on one degree, you can be like, well, that that it's more powerful than the 360. You have more potential oh, to do sure. things with it. But it's way harder to do it and way more time consuming mm-hmm. and way more... It's, it costs a lot of money to make this happen. So a lot of uh, third-party games were the inferior version of PS3, which was a sad part. Mm-hmm. I remember Assassin's Creed was a, a fuckaroo. Every time I played it. Remember Skyrim? Yeah. Skyrim ran like shit. Like dog shit. Yeah. It was real bad. It was real bad. It was, and that was that sad fact of it, too. Um, and that's why I think 360, they got they got a lot of legs up in that race. Mm-hmm. They were at the fucking finish line kissing the tape. And then PS3 pulled it out where, to this point where I think not only did they achieve, uh, I think, pretty much comparable sales toward the end of, end of both generations for the systems mm-hmm. uh i think just quality what they were doing with ps plus when that came out of nowhere that hey guys awesome. here's a fucking triple a game for free every month yep. 
I mean, they ran out of good games after like a year. They did, and they were some classics at some points, like Sonic the Hedgehog two. I think Streets of Rage two was on there. So like, they would do things like that to kind of mix it up. But right, and they just they created this thing where it was like, yeah, we're gamers first. We're back for the gamer. Mm -hmm. We're cost effective. Our our shit doesn't cost six hundred bucks anymore. They fucking turned it around. There was no online price for a subscription. Like you can play games for free online on like. Xbox, you had to have Xbox That was a big Live. thing for a long time. That was a selling point for me when I was getting it. And I think, uh, I don't know if it was somebody at GameStop. They're like, well, why are you thinking about a PS3 one on an Xbox 360? I'm like, well, I want to be able to play it for free online. Right, and then there was the argument where, all, well, you pay for what you get. Mm-hmm. And, you know, PSN was always going down. And, yeah. And they were like, well, Xbox, to this day, actually, Xbox Live has a more consistent, uh, like, online ecosystem. Like, sure. fewer drops and all that shit. But I'm just like, okay, cool. I don't Because that's kind of what they built their console around. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I don't care that much i'm not gonna worry about drops when i'm playing the last of us Mm -hmm. so you know thank you (laughs) but yeah i could forgive that especially since it was free remember the hell that was raised when ps4 was announced they're like all right you you have to pay for online now yeah and it's like oh well it was a huge bummer but i conceded because i was like well i really want this system more than i want any other current console well that's one of those things where they started to really use their competitors faults Mm -hmm. and use their uh use their skin in the game to their benefit where they're just like, well, Xbox got you used to the idea of paying for online, mm-hmm. so don't fucking try to martyr us. We're, just, we're a business. And people are like, yeah, you right, you right. <laughs> Fuck Microsoft! <laughs> 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 you know? So, but I had a lot of good times with PS3 because I played a lot of catch-up when I first got mine, and I had the big boy too. Yeah, when I moved in here with you, you were still really on 360, and I got my PS3 within like the first month or so of being here. Yeah, I remember And that. I think I, you saw what I was doing, and mm-hmm. I think you eventually wanted to get one anyway, so you got it, and then you were playing such catch-up. Like, holy shit. Oh, I burned through, because I was working at Playing Tree. Yeah, so you were just like checking out Robert. games like every other day. Yeah, I was catching up so hard. I was like, oh, I was playing all sorts of shit, dude. Because I was just playing things that I knew were only on, on the Sony system. Yeah. Even if they sucked, I was like, ah, let me catch up and see what the fuck those Yeah, you didn't really about. go back and play a lot of stuff that you'd already played on the 360. Sometimes you did. Sometimes I did, yeah. like Castlevania Lords of Shadow. But just games that I was just like, you know, I'm okay with playing this again, but I want to see how it looks and how it feels on the PS3. And sometimes I'd be like, oh shit, the resolution's better on this. Or, oh shit, this actually looks uh, a little a little prettier yeah. than what the 360 was. It's a good side-by-side comparison for you. Because I remember one in particular, when I got Dead Space 2, you had it on 360. And then I ended mm. up letting you borrow it. You're like, wow, this is so much better. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that. They made this big push about mm. being like PlayStation first or some shit like that. But I don't know what they did. EA just kind of like latched onto them for their marketing mm-hmm. for, for Dead Space. Um, yeah, I played great on the fucking system. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think the thing that really got me about that system, not just like the big console exclusives, was games like Journey. Mm-hmm. Games, or even before that, I played Flower. You ever played Flower? Yeah. Flower is fucking brilliant. It's by yeah, that but... game company. It was, it was so, it's a, a short experience and it's more of like a physics-based game where yeah. you just kind of like float this petal or this leaf around the environment and try to change stuff and mm-hmm. it was just such a cool experience where i was just like i'm not getting this on 360 yeah i certainly didn't get this on uh on gamecube and such like that like there's no room for a game of that caliber to just kind of come out yeah and they didn't I, have room to fuck around like ps right we were just like only pc kind of allowed for these experimental games mm-hmm. and i like that sony was way more open 
or uh, way more open to curtailing some of these um, these smaller devs and kind of saying like, all yeah. right, this is the place for you. Stop going to Xbox. They're only going to let you sell things on their summer yeah. arcade anyway. Come to us. We'll do a big marketing push for you. You know, they used to have good curation, a good eye, like a good team looking mm-hmm. out for this where it's like, I think the studio is going to make something good. I think you should come with us. And then Journey. Yeah. <laughs> you know, fucking awesome. No, a lot of, a lot of great uh, companies there. Tokyo yeah. Jungle. Tokyo Jungle was good. I, lo- I love Tokyo Jungle. I got into that for a little while. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Or, or like the Unfinished Swan. Shit like yes. that. Yes. Fucking great. Noby Noby Boy. Noby Noby Boy. Fucking hell. It had, I forget what the name of it is. Uh, sh- Lingering in Shadows. I don't, know if, I don't know if you remember that. This is one of like the first ex- uh, exclusive indie games. Where it's like a video that you play through, and you basically, I think it's like a, a few minutes long in terms of a sequence, but you basically play through it by like slowing down time and reversing and like looking at clues and finding things along the way. I remember like watching somebody play this. I never actually got my hands on it, but it was just a really weird like indie uh, experience. Like that. No, I must have missed that one. Before. That sounds really interesting. Um, a lot of other games that there was, you had your Limbo. Limbo was amazing. Uh, our Limbo was kind of an Xbox 360 push. Okay. Well, yeah, because it, it, it took a while to come out for PS3. Okay. I remember that. And then the Pixel Junk games that I really got into. Yes. Tower yes, Defense That was games. a big deal. They were awesome. Mm-hmm. So good. And then they had other ones too, like Eden and Racers. So. And then, uh, yeah, again, and then just kind of not necessarily... I think they would be considered second party because there's a, the studio like Housemark. Mm-hmm. Housemark made Dead Nation. They made... Well, first it was Super Stardust, and that game was fucking rad. That was like the first PSN game. Uh, and then they went to do, went on to do Dead Nation. And then they did Resogun for PS4. Mm-hmm. Like I love that they saw the talent in these studios and like, well, we need to keep you on board. Yeah. We need to keep you pumping out stuff like that. And I I feel like a lot of that is lost today on PS4, where now it's like more of this push towards AAA. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like AAA everything. Yeah, we're like we're buried in it, and it's like now PSN has become this kind of fucking almost. Apple Store or iTunes Store kind of what do you call the App Store? It's just App Store, right? Yeah. I don't have an iPhone. Anyway, this App Store wasteland of just like shit gets dumped onto it every week, and you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. This looks interesting, but honestly, I don't know if I want to take the plunge. Where I think PS3 especially did a great job on PSN mm-hmm. saying this game's worth your your fourteen to twenty dollars. Yeah. You know, we're gonna show you why. We're gonna make a push for it. We're gonna put a spotlight on this. We're gonna do the marketing. And you're like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to play Journey. Imagine if fucking Journey came out today on PSN mm-hmm. and just kind of got thrown on a Tuesday with like five other fucking 20 to $40 games. In between like iZombie and other games. Yeah, and you just wouldn't know. You're like, okay, you play as a dude walking through the desert. Ah, fuck that. Yeah. This one has shooting in it. You know? It's like, where did that go? Like, with, I, That's why I respect uh, the PS3 generation for mm-hmm. sure. Because it just seemed like they, they knew what was going on in the race and they said, we need to put our foot down. In a different regard. What was another exclusive that I'm looking at your PS3 collection now? As I do every episode. So so expensive. I I love the PS3 in particular because that was the first console that I ever bought with my own money, and I really got to build my collection in a way. I didn't, mm-hmm. Like I wasn't games that I just acquired from borrowing from friends that I never right. gave back, or games that were just given to me. Like no, I bought every single game in that collection more or less, and I, I really took pride in like building it. It was like my first like true. Sony experience because I had like the PS One and I had the PS Two, but I didn't really get to build it quite like I did with this. I would say the same because yeah. like I I had to you know especially for PS One and I would say even GameCube PS Two I had to go through this fucking rolodex of games where it's like all right I'm done with these five go to GameStop to get one yep and then try to build up like another five 
in like six, seven months mm. or some shit, and then say goodbye forever to these games that are potentially rare yeah. <laughs> and really awesome. And I had a lot of them like that too, especially for PS2. Uh, actually, for the GameCube, I did. My mm. copy of the port of Resident Evil 2 apparently is worth money. Oh, shit. It's, it's, it's at least still like retained its value of like 50, 60 bucks for some reason. Okay. Don't know why. Mm. Apparently, it's the best version of RE2. Yeah. Go mm. fucking figure. Go fucking figure. Um, Any standout moments for you on that system? On PS3? Yeah. Besides The Last of Us? Because honestly, yeah, Last of Us would be my fucking number one pinnacle moment okay. of that system. Where I was just like, I'm not playing a game anymore. I'm not playing a movie. I'm not playing a book. I'm playing something fucking different. Yeah, I, it really pushed consoles in another direction. I don't know what this is. Yeah. Like, it, 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 I was finally, it's made up of all these components that are familiar. And yet, together in the way that they did it, the, the way they crafted the story and the way they let you interact with that story, mm-hmm. I was like, I was just given an altogether different experience. Hmm. I don't know what the fuck this was, and it was amazing. That's cool. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that that game floored me. When you got to the ending, I was just like, I need to sit down. Hmm. I need to fucking like walk outside or something, look around. Like it's just one of those games that just makes you I don't know. Just takes a veil off your eyes. Really? So that was a standout moment for me hmm. in that. Uh besides that, playing the Uncharted was pretty fucking wild. Yeah. I would say. Because like, you know, there you had your Tomb Raiders and all that, but honestly I can't name a single Tomb Raider besides the reboot that stood out in my mind. I cannot. Some of them had sharks, some of them had sneaking, mm-hmm. some of them had... I feel like uh, those games in a lot of ways set the precedent for Uncharted. It did, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You can't fucking say, like, oh, Uncharted's a wholly original entity. No, no it's Tomb Raider and Indiana Jones had a baby. Mm-hmm. And it plays great. <laughs> like, that's what it is. But I, I just remember it was like the platforming blew my mind when I first got oh, yeah. into it, when I first played uh, the first Uncharted. I was just like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, what is that? <laughs> like, this is amazing looking, too. Mm. Um, yeah, because I like, remember Maz came over with that. With his PS3, because he adopted pretty early, mm-hmm. and he let me play Uncharted, and I think I beat his copy like oh, wow. in like two days. That's I was awesome. just like, I couldn't stop playing it. It's fucking great. Um, what else happened on the PS3 for me? There's a lot of games. There's yeah. so many games. There's so many. I, we've talked about it on so many different episodes, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've played over like 100 or so games for that system, so it's like really hard to like step back and name them all. But I think probably, like for me, one of the more standout ones... Uh, heavy rain mm. great exclusive yeah, delivered an experience that. that i never really had before uh i was living in Gainesville at the time and i didn't have a ps3 and i was playing a lot of these games on uh, my roommate derek's console um and he got heavy rain he played through it he's like dude you need to play this game and i'm like why he's like i'm not gonna tell you about it i'm just gonna sit you down you're just gonna play it and that's how i've i've come to introduce other people to it down the line i'll give them like a light description of what it's about and then I'll just have them sit down and play it and kind of... And that worked for you? You must have had nothing going on. Because I have tried I so hard <laughs> to recommend things for you. Well, and you're it. just like, nah. No, at the time, I didn't have uh, a current console. I was a broke-ass college kid. I like I'd not in the, I wasn't in the stage that I am now where I can kind of spend money on things that I wanted. I, I really had to save. So he just like, one night, he put me down in front of his console. And I really wanted to play a PS3 game. And he's like, here, play Heavy Rain. I'm like, okay. And he watched, like, he was at the edge of his seat watching everything I had done. And it was the first, like, kind of choose-your-own-ending game I had ever played like that. Yeah. Uh, first game that really hindered on, um... Uh, yeah, I mean, Telltale didn't even hit their stride no. around that time. Yeah. I never really dived too hard into, like, quick-time events. I mean, God of War gave me a few. Just a few, though. Not uh, like that. Not a not, whole fucking not game, game quick-time events, yeah. yeah. Which so. you'd think would not be, like, a selling point for a person. 
you like people hate quick time events for some reason. I'm, I'm like they're fine. They're fine. They're they're, they're they're kind of a staple at this point. Yeah, I think they break up the monotony of doing the same actions over and over again. Sometimes mm-hmm. you know, uh, would I rather play the set piece than mash a button during it? Sure. Yeah. But if it's done you know in a clever way, I I can't get pissed at it. Sure. Uh, but an entire game made of it, they just they use it in such a dynamic way. Really though. You know, and it's, especially there's a like, sense of urgency and kind of tension that yo my characters could die at any second yeah really i can make a mistake it, it was the first game that i had a, a real sense of like consequence in where i was really like right. weighing each decision and when mm-hmm. i did things wrong like there, there are these trials you have to do to basically like save your son who's kidnapped by like the origami killer i failed one of the trials and i thought i fucked the entire game up <laughs> and i remember like going to Derek, i was like Derek, i fucked this up like am i gonna find my son he's like you lose, sir. And he did like the Willy Wonka, you lose. Like, I was like, oh no. And I felt so devastated. But yeah, I kept playing anyway and I got the ending that I got. And it just, it delivered such like a, a singularly re- memorable experience. And I, I don't think many games for the PS3 have really given me quite that. Mm-hmm. And kind of stood out that way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's so much, th- there's a lot of like third party games on there too. Mm-hmm. So obviously you're not going to be fucking riveted by Modern Warfare 3 and a half. No, um, I mean, I played Little Big Planet. Those were fun. I really like. Never gave a shit about those. I mean, I I like platforming games, and I thought they were really fun. And I thought the character, or not the character, the content creator aspect of it, where you can design your own levels and play other people's levels, was mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, it's fine. You know, I got it. No, not at all. That's it wasn't about little mm-hmm. little big planet at all. When I, I I would say that Media Molecule they did something really special with that. They kind of lost it along the way towards like Little Big Planet three, yeah. but the first two were great. Yeah, yeah. Um, Catherine was a pretty big standout title for me. Okay, I'm really big into puzzle games, and that one was super challenging. That's probably like one of the more challenging games I've ever played, and I feel like people drop the ball on that one. What do you mean drop the ball? Like just they haven't played it or don't really care for it. I think it's a niche game, mm. obviously, yeah, like because it's a it's an Atlas game, and it kind of flew underneath the radar. It made a little stink for itself because it wasn't like laced to a ten game anthology like Persona or True. something like that. So people are like, "Oh, what? What's Catherine? What's going on here?" But like, I think once they got into it, like, ah, it's weeby bullshit, yeah. <laughs> and like threw it away. No, I think there's a real, really. Um, I don't want to say special experience. I don't want to get all hammy on it, but I think that was a really intriguing yeah. game. Cool design for sure. Never got to the end of it. What was up with Catherine? Was she was like name? a succubus. Oh, okay. A demon. Does he uh, get with his girl again? Depends. Do you want to? She was hot. Yeah. She was good looking. I don't understand why he tried to... <laughs> I mean... Go with uh, Catherine. I think it spoke on just uh, indecisive men in their late 20s, early 30s, and the, okay. the, the weight of fidelity. I don't know. Okay. Temptation came along and he wanted it. That go to karaoke bars sometimes. And, no, not... Sometimes every night he was there. Every, every fucking night, night with his goddamn yeah. friends. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Playing stray sheep. <laughs> this guy doesn't play video games, huh? No. That's what we do. So it was good. I like the the anime that was kind of like interspersed in between. Yeah, that was cool. So that was cool. Reminds me of that Busty Brawlers game. <laughs> oh my god, Busty <laughs> Brawlers. We're gonna do a whole topic about that once I finally get it. Yeah. Yeah. Next whole, episode we'll play it. Whole topic will be about Kenran Kagura. <laughs> no, it's Senran Kagura. Oh my god, stop. <laughs> Game and Saber. Uh, yeah, I mean, unless you get something else in the PS3, my friend, I, I feel like that pretty much wraps it. I mean, we could say so much more about it. But... We could say so much more, but we, we covered three systems. <laughs> we really did, though. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that's all I got for it. It kind of transitioned me into the PS4, and I, I feel like yeah. I'm going to stick with Sony for a while, regardless of their missteps with hardware at times, or their... I think so. 
I think I think they get what I want as a gamer. More I think than they understand. Others, yeah. I think they, despite their yeah, like you said, missteps, they definitely have a keener eye for what a hardcore gamer is down with and yeah. and what to kind of push out to their system and what kind of to elevate and be like, all right, you there should be some tension on this. And yeah, I, I hope they come back because it seems like they've been kind of in this weird lull this year, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, exclusives and hardware, especially like yeah. what the fuck are you doing, guys? A pro. But eh, maybe they'll maybe they'll come back big. Maybe we'll see something good. I do. Uh so this episode's going up before Thanksgiving. It's mm-hmm. not an accusation. I know I'm pointing at you. No, well, Steggy. I mean it has to. I got the Black Friday deals. Exactly, right Steggy. People need to know. Remind him. Remind him it's going up before Thanksgiving. So we want to say whether with your are whether you're with your family or your friends, just be good. Have a great time. Don't worry so much. And try to catch up in some video games. Yeah, man. Because it's probably the only time you get to, to do it in your busy schedule. You don't, Nobody games like me, unfortunately. No. Yeah. Few people do. Nobody a, has that fever. No. I've got a fever. You, it's a sickness, dude. The way I see you go through games, it's just a single Burn day. Through. Like, Burn I sit, I, I have to myself, I'm like, I'm going to play this one game. You have a day yeah. yourself, you're like, I'm going to play four. I don't know how you keep the narratives, the gameplay. I don't know how you keep it all, like, compartmentalized. No, that's fine. <laughs> you're like, I'm just used to it. I mean, uh, yeah, really. True. <laughs> That's what I would do as a kid, too. I would have fucking, like, four games set out in mm-hmm. front of my PS1, and I would just like, all right, I'm done with GTA 2 for, for like, 15 minutes. Let me jump into this oh, and should make some progress here and do a little... Such a mood gamer. I'm a variety gamer. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, you know, keep it fresh. So, be good to each other. Have some turkey on us. If you don't eat turkey, then uh, you're missing out on turkey. Mm-hmm. Turkey's great. Uh, ooh, one thing. We're going to probably do an episode next week, right? Sure. Sure. High fives all around. Yeah. I will, however, be attending PSX, the PlayStation Experience, in mm. Anaheim, California, uh, at the beginning of December, which is next week at this point. We're going to try to have... I guess that's going to be the topic for that episode. Yeah. After. After the fact. I, I, mean, I hope you'll do some sort of like live correspondence. Live correspondence. Yeah, I'll take pictures and shit. I might do some writing based around what I see. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to take some videos and, and whatnot. Um, I want to do a podcast live there, but you're not going. I'm not going. So it's unfortunate. It makes me sad. The Save Room boys need to be at PSX together. I mean, you could just bring the mic and do your own thing out there. Wearing Nobi Nobi <laughs> boy t-shirts. Um, well, I don't have like a computer to make it happen. Oh, true. Yeah, that happens here. Yeah, that's where it happens. Although Burke might be able to help. Yeah. He might bring his laptop, so we might be able to record a Save Room or a half room. A half room. <laughs> a half. <laughs> I'm not sure what you'd call it. The point. save space. The save space. Okay. The, the save room on the go. Hmm. Okay. Anything else you'd like to add to the listeners? Eat, drink, be merry. And uh, don't do anything stupid on Thanksgiving. I don't know. Steggy, you have anything? Any uh, parting words? Steggy? 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 Oh, my God. We're going to figure this out. Yeah. Steggy's missing. Will we find him? (laughs) Find out next next week. week. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. We appreciate it. I have been Kevin. And I'm Daniel. And this has been The Save Room. Remember to save your game.